I'm dead. Oh, boy. Yeah. Ethan, sounds great. Having breakfast, huh? Y'all ever have one of these sumo citruses before? That's not an it's orange. It's called an orange. It's a sumo because <laughs> it's got this little like top on it. Yeah. Top on it. Oh, yeah. It's like a, it kind of looks like a pear. Yeah, they're fi. Can I? Uh, please. Please. Can I thank take you. a hit of that? Yeah, all yours. We can uh, start putting that as a bag note as opposed to orange. Thank you. Sumo citrus. Sumo citrus. <laughs> it's, got a, it's got a more distinct flavor in my IMO. Here. Is this what we had after Frisbee? Yep. It was good, right? <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it. Hey, why not? You're really giving away Thank your... You. This is too much. Dude, hmm. as I have freely uh, received, so I freely give. Oh, wait, I paid you for these. You stole this, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you stole this? <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, JP. Thank you so much for having me. Woo! Hey, we're finally knocking out that mukbang thing everyone was requesting. <sighs> <laughs> this is bad. This is why we paid so much for this. This is what phones. you want. <laughs> we gotta give the people what they want. Um well today we have Oh, excuse me. <laughs> why don't you just finish first? Alright, just give me one second. Oh, oh no. Michaela's gonna be so mad. Really? She doesn't like that? Noises? No. Does anyone particularly enjoy mouth noises? Well well A- ASMR heads. Yeah, probably. that's one of the ASMR that I that I just don't I don't get the mouth noise stuff. Yeah, I've I've never listened to a single ASMR video, but maybe we could react to some later. <laughs> I haven't either because we're we turning could. into a reaction podcast. <laughs> I mean, that's where the money's made. Everyone knows that, dude. It's true. What I was trying to say earlier is that we have a wonderful man on our podcast who goes by JP McKenzie. What's the JP for? Just get this out of the way. Yeah, let's get some guesses. John First. Paul. Close. Jake Paul. You found me. I'm going to go Joseph. <laughs> Joseph Paul. Okay. Yeah. John Patrick. So oh. uh, oh for three, but yeah. so y'all didn't get, I sent over my birth certificate. You not. We sig- did not okay, receive yeah. that. Must have got yeah. lost well, in the mail. And you sent your tax forms since we're paying you to be here, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Your W-2s. And we got your rider, so we have your sumo citrus. Yeah, I just needed two slices, and y'all have them fulfilled. No more than two slices, please. When did you start going by initials? So when I my, my dad is one of ten. Um, oh, my gosh. Half of his siblings live in you have, Georgia. You have ten dads. Yeah, yeah. I have, in the one of ten that I'm referring to. Uh, so Where does he rank in ten? He is uh, the oldest. Mm. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so, yeah, he uh, has. I think they probably have like his siblings have more fun stories uh, than he does. But he, uh, yeah, they grew up in Kansas, like the first half of them, and then the other half moved to Colorado, and so half of them still live in Colorado, and the other half uh, moved here to Georgia. Um, and so we spent a lot of time with them growing up. Um, my grandma was pretty sick growing up. And so mm-hmm. a lot of them moved here to help her. And so she could kind of be uh, here with them. And so we were like, they moved into our neighborhood and we spent a ton of time with them. And one of my uncle Paul started calling me JP, which I loved because writing John Patrick McKenzie is a kid is like not what you want to do mm-hmm. on no. papers. Unless you want to be an author. Yeah, exactly. Like the perfect author. Name. Yeah. My hand muscles were like, yeah, yeah. Through the roof. top end. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we, um, yeah, so 
he started calling me JP, and that's kind of what I've gone by since I was four. And growing up, everyone's like, yeah, well, at some point you're going to grow out of JP. Wow. And I just really, you know, I, I enjoy the, the initials. It, it feels like it suits me well. But my, uh, my parents and Summer and a lot of people still call me John Patrick, which I also enjoy. I, so your wife pretty exclusively refers to you as John Patrick? Yeah, most of the time. Wow. John Patrick, yeah. Um, but, you know, I have thousands of nicknames. She calls me Ginny, Johnny, Jack, any of it. You know, sort of, Yeah, yeah, that too. You've heard that one? Yeah, good. <laughs> Muffin. I like Jack. Yeah. I'm going to get my wife to call me Jack. <laughs> Just because. <laughs> call me Jack. Boundaries. Would you call me Jack, please? please. It would one. make me a lot happier. Yeah. Rachel, if you're listening, and I know she listens to this. She does? No. Oh. But, well, I'll have to tell her. Jack. Does your wife listen to this? Uh, I think she only listens to the ones that she's interested in, and this will be one of them. Why? Wow, because, because of JP. Okay, is it catching the blush? Can you see the blush? Is this camera? <laughs> you are beet red. Uh, well, Michaela, hello. <laughs> hello. Hey. Thank you. Well, thanks for making the drive to hang out with us for... Four, six hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all? Yeah, well, part one, at okay. least. <laughs> yeah, good. We, we usually do like a multi-day kind of thing. That's what I've heard. Well, boys, what do you want to crack into? Do you want to make fun of my shirt before we start doing other stuff? Or Yeah, let's just talk about Ethan's shirt. I, what do you, Any guesses on how I procured this? I mean, Value Village. No, nope. that's a shirt that's earned. That's not bought. That's right. Is it not from a thrift store? Correct. It may have been, but... Estate sale? Not how it got to me. Oh, someone bought it for you. Nope. Oh, God. It was given to my mother as a Christmas present, and then at the end of the Christmas gift time, I went up to her and I was like, you're not going to wear that shirt, are you? And she was like, no way. And I was like, I'll give you one of my gifts that I was just getting. (laughs) That's funny. And we did a little, little swap. What did you swap for it? Like 500, 600 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got like a new MacBook and I was yeah. like, well, this is trash. So I do not need this. Yeah, I just want the shirt. So for all the listeners, I'm wearing a shirt that says Color Me Grandma. And then there's like little crayons around it that say things like trusting, giving, patience, loving, dependable, honest, fun. And I'm like, I guess I'm a grandma at heart because I want to live out all these values. Which one do you think kind of most exemplifies you? Um, I think I'm pretty dependable. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty... (laughs) 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 It's weird to just like... (laughs) What do you guys think? What do you oh think? Pick, pick, a, pick one. Dude, you already said dependable. You answered. Yeah. Well, I'm, a, I'm asking you. Say, say a nice thing about me. You want me to say something? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the first one I saw was dependable, and I, I thought that described you the most out of all this. I saw loving first, and I thought that that described you the most out of all of this. I love you, too. <laughs> we always do say love you on the phone. Yeah. It's, it's important. When we, when we hang up. You never know. You never know. That's true. Yeah. Uh, John Patrick, <laughs> for me, I think is that 
grandma is the one that really <laughs> yes. exemplifies color. Yeah. <laughs> or me. How about grandma? Me? Well, thank you. I can't wait to be a grandma one day. Um, all right, JP, give us two truths and a lie. How about that? Oh, whoa. Okay. Welcome to our new segment, Two Truths and a Lie. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I've never been out of the U.S. I uh, burned a house down in Alabama. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Now come I, up with a lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've never had a... Oh, wait. No, no, no. Hey. I have a daughter named Larkin. I'll give you guys an easy one. <laughs> All right, the daughter one is true. Okay, but what if her name actually <laughs> yeah. isn't Larkin yeah. Le- legally? Yeah, it, you know? I, that's fair, legally speaking. Um, the Alabama thing is... Okay, I think the Alabama thing is a lie, not because it's crazy, oh. but because it wasn't in Alabama. Oh, Wow. <laughs> you were really listening. Yeah. I'm going to go, I, I, you're so well-traveled that I feel like you have to have traveled outside of the U.S., but it's just so crazy that I'm going to say that that's a lie. You haven't traveled outside of the U.S. Okay. I'll go, I'll go house. House. Okay. So uh, I, I did burn a house down in Alabama, <sighs> uh, and I have not been out of the country. You're just a really national traveler? Uh, yeah, I just... So, we didn't travel a lot growing up. My family didn't. And so, I've traveled a lot since, um, but we never had a reason to have a passport. So, I got one for our honeymoon, but then that got canceled because of COVID. And then we were planning to go to Iceland, uh, and that got canceled because of Virgin airlines uh and then we had another trip to paris but again it was one of those COVID things that like man they were just it just didn't really feel like the time to go um so yeah i still have not been out of the country despite several attempts to Hmm. go um i'm sorry yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's okay we'll get there someday um what what would be like your top country you'd want to visit first? Oh man! And we can tell you how it is. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough because I think like Iceland would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like I think Ireland would be incredible. I want I really want to go like there in Scotland. But then I'm also a huge Lord of the Rings fan, so like exactly. I want to get to New Zealand. I want to mm. check out the sites. Mm. Very cool. Well, all of our listeners in those places, feel free to write in and uh, mm-hmm. tell us how your country is. Yeah. What are y'all's favorite places you've traveled to or the bucket list ones? On the Futurist Freelance Podcast, we believe freelancing is the future of life, work, and everything. So whether you're brand new to working independently or you're a seasoned pro, we'd love you to listen. Every episode unpacks new ideas on how to make your future freelance. Whether you need to achieve business minimalism, survive a solopreneur crisis, or find the right digital nomad visa and community, we've got you covered. Alongside actionable insight on everything from finding gigs to outsourcing support services, 
even mastering TikTok with no dancing required. Subscribe to The Futurist Freelance on your favorite podcasting app via the link in your show notes. Uh, I recently went to visit my brother. Me and my wife went to visit my brother and his family in Kauai, one of the smaller islands in Hawaii. And it was great. Super, super cool. Um, I got to go. I would say that was one of my favorite trips. But uh, (laughs) I got to spend some time in British Columbia uh, a few summers ago. And that was just a really like random space because it was a massive valley and it was just in a totally unknown area very yeah. expansive sky was bigger um that was, a, that was a cool space so that was my my two things i i would love to go i think iceland would be swagadelic yeah um but i don't have any like huge travel goals right tbh i'm not like a travel junkie i probably just want to go like south carolina or something mm-hmm it's amazing. Go to like Clemson, just like see <laughs> Spartanburg. The, yeah, Spartanburg. The highway there is yeah. Columbia. It's so straight and yeah, the highway is bigger. Yeah, the highway is bigger. <laughs> it's uh, lit too. It's, really? Yeah. Dang, they it's light really it. Nice. Well, yeah. Once you get to a certain point, there's lights. That's and amazing. It's like, this is so nice. Yes. Yeah. Never seen anything like it. <laughs> what about what about you? Uh, probably probably Hawaii for me as well. Yeah. Went to Maui almost three years ago. And it was awesome. Was there for two weeks, my longest vacation ever. Um, Sounds nice, though. Yeah, I, I've never been out of the country. I went to Mexico on a cruise when I was like eleven. Right, count so it. I don't, I don't really count it. Um, but that's that's the thing. I I just haven't been to so many places in. Uh, eh, well, I don't know. I've been to a few places in America. But You've been to a lot of national there's, parks. There's still more that yeah. I have to see. Yeah, that, that's, that was going to be my other answer is like Glacier National yeah. Park. Oh, my gosh. I went there this Beautiful. past summer, and it was amazing. Yeah. Um, it's, it was just so, so crowded. Like, And I feel it's like, what what can you do? They, they, even, they already have like a ticketed entrance pretty much right. um, where you have to reserve parking and stuff, but then you have to drive around for – an hour to find a parking spot and all this wow. stuff. So yeah. it's just it's it's not it's not what the pictures show you. You know, yeah. mm. they don't show you the crowds. They don't. Yeah, they don't do that. So you took it upon yourself to take pictures of the parking, the yeah, crowds. Mm-hmm. I so just go check my blog. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Link it's kind it, of like link a glacierisascam.com. <laughs> uh, and then other than that, probably like Six Flags over Georgia. Woo! Oh yeah, let's go. Is that Douglasville? Where's that at? I don't know. Who's to say? Our trip to Acadia was so so sweet. It was such a short thing, but what a what a gorgeous area. Absolutely. Hey Ross. You're up. You're up, buddy. Um I would say my favorite place I've traveled out of the country. It's hard to decide, not because I've been to a lot of places, but because I just like the different places for very different reasons. Yeah. Um I would have to say Tulum, Mexico. Rachel and I, my wife, went there two different times. One time right before we had our first kid and she was pregnant. Um, the first time we went there, she just described it. So it's like, if you don't know, Tulum is a place in Mexico mm. that is, uh, I don't know how many hours, but it's like hours away from Cancun. Maybe it's like two hours. Yeah. 
um, we fly into Cancun and then you drive to Tulum. And at that point, it was like up and coming kind of place where you have just this road that is right. It goes along the beach and then there's just like a jungle uh, right there, like on the other side of the road. So it's like jungle, road, beach. And then there's all these like outdoor restaurants. The first time we went, um, it was just barely a glimmer in Kylie Jenner's eye. Like (laughs) she had been there and, you know, took the pictures, whatever. And so it started to be like a, a, a young person hot spot. Yeah. But it was still cheap at that point. Um, still cheap, like all the restaurants. We went there again two years later and it was totally different. Like all of the restaurants were like incredibly expensive. Wow. Um, to the point where like this was after COVID. So maybe people were like rebounding with their prices. Um, maybe just more well-off people started to go there. But the trip cost like way more than the first time. Right. And we were there for less time um, the second time. So I don't know if I'll ever go there again. Yeah. But it was beautiful. Like the water and the beach are perfect. Uh, we stayed right on the beach last time. It was it was wonderful. Yeah, we were, that, we were supposed to go to Tulum for our honeymoon. Um, and we kind of did like we had a couple days at an Airbnb. And then, you know. For, for us with Airbnb, it can be kind of hit or miss. Like, totally. So when we go on a trip and we have some days in an Airbnb, we try to like also do some kind of hotel setup just in case something is like going terribly wrong with the Airbnb. You have some kind of like option B. Uh, and so the, uh, but the hotel that we had paid for was like a nicer one. Uh, and when the whole honeymoon got canceled, they were like, yeah, well, like you can use this money towards the other like hotel in our chain, which is in Cancun, uh, and significantly more expensive. And we were like, yeah, well, let's just do a, a refund. Like, <laughs> like this was early pandemic. Like no one really knew what was going on. And they were like, oh yeah, yeah, totally. We'll just need like, uh, your address, your bank account numbers, all this stuff. And we were like, feels sketch can you refund the card and they were like no 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 wire right now like i I guess we'll just take the other hotel i don't know so yeah i think we have some kind of credit to hotel in cancun now which we also haven't used but boys trip yeah i mean let's go right now (laughs) we'll we'll do remote podcast yeah Yeah. we're gonna stop here and we'll pick up (laughs) see y'all in mexico um well, JPO, I'd love to hear your answer, but maybe this would be a good uh, uh, segue to some of your story of why oh, you yeah. are so well-traveled and uh, and how you wound up uh, on the road. Yeah. So uh, I was in college. I was studying accounting, uh, and I was at Georgia College and State University in Milledgeville, Georgia. Um, and... What's their mascot? Bobcats. I go Bobcats. Yeah, go Bobcats. There you go. Uh, and so I was trying to recruit for the big four um, accounting firms, and most of the those people do not uh, recruit at the time from Georgia College. I'm, I'm sure they do now, but at the time they were like, oh, we only recruit from 
UGA. What are the big four? Give them to us. Yeah, so we have uh, PwC, of course, mm-hmm. Ernst & Young, mm-hmm. Deloitte, and... KPMG. KPMG, there we go. Flex on us. <laughs> hey, <bit>. yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, Is that because Matthew works for them? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I, I kind of set you up. That was like the alley-oop moment. You, you've done. Whoosh! <laughs> Full-on performance. Uh, and so I was like, well, I'm just going to transfer to UGA. Like, if that's the career path I want to go down, let's go. So I get there, and uh, I was telling my dad, like, yeah, I'm going to transfer to Athens. And he was like, you're not just going there to do music, right? He's been fully supportive my whole life. There's no, like, and, uh, but at the time, I really was going for accounting. So I get there, and they... Um, we're like, yeah, you're going to have to start all over oh. to graduate uh, in accounting. And so... How, I, how far in were you at this point? So I'd done two and a half years. <sighs> yeah. And, That's hard uh, to hear. Yeah. And they were like... So basically, I would have been in undergrad for eight years, um, which is not really what I wanted to do. And my friends were starting a band. Uh, and I was like, well, I would love to play guitar with you guys. But they didn't... They never asked me. Uh, they would just get home from practice, and I would turn my amps on and play as loud <laughs> as I could. I was like, hey, let me join. <laughs> uh, and eventually they had set up a first show uh, in the warehouse that, that we had at the time, and I, uh, they really needed a guitarist, and no one else would, would could do it. I'm sure anyone else would have, but no one else could make the show happen. And so I was like, you guys, I, I could really play guitar for you guys and uh and so they asked me to join and from there i uh we started touring a good bit and um were you still juggling school at this point yeah yeah i was still um i transferred into marketing um and so i yeah we started touring a good bit still doing uh school and then i graduated with a degree in marketing right before our first like uh six week tour like one that I would have not been able to do uh with school so it was kind of like right in time for us to really hit the road and then we toured heavily from like 2014 to uh 2019 true um yeah and that was really fun I got to see a ton of cities that I like never would have just traveled to um see a lot of the country that like I really really love and again just I would not have probably ended up in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, and it's one of my favorite cities. And same with Des Moines, no. and all these all these really cool spots with uh, incredible coffee shops and great roasters, um, and people that I got to like formulate relationships with. And I think that's one of the things that really got me hooked on uh, the coffee scene is like going to each city and seeing how they do things differently, uh, what they value, and like a pulse on on who like the city is the culture um through the eyes and lens of a coffee shop was really really fun um i think that's such a great time window for that too oh yeah like you're not gonna get that again where like what now who now are staples in a city like we're really cutting their teeth during that time right like becoming the brands that are who they are and like anchoring themselves so yeah uh omaha really that's crazy yeah, to me it's Mi- funny some love for the midwest yeah Des they Moines. uh it's they had this there's this brewery there great brewery um that has like the best kale salad i've ever had 
And it's just one of those things. Like I, I would not go back to Omaha for the, the kale salad, but, uh, but you know, it's not, it's not the last thing I would do in life. Like it probably falls in the middle of my bucket list. Go back for that kale salad. Come on. Hit that up. But Mm. if you are, if you happen to be Mm. in Omaha. Oh yeah. I'm I'm going there. Yeah. You know what's up. Yeah. Who, what were some of your, looking back now, I mean, we'll get to your present and what you're working on now, but looking back to your time touring, were you, did you know that you were getting the bug or like starting to become interested in having a, a coffee company or a coffee shop of your own one day? And were you drawing certain inspirations? And if so, maybe what were some of the things that you were like learning at the time, if you can recall? Yeah. So I, I've always wanted to have a, a coffee shop. That's been a long-term goal. And I think it's evolved, um, from when I was like a kid to now and, and what I kind of saw that is and, and how it could be facilitated. But, you know, when, when I was a kid growing up here in Roswell, it was like, like land of a thousand Hills was like the neighborhood like mm-hmm. shop, you know, like full acoustic night, like coffee shop, what you think of in the like early two thousands, uh, kind of coffee shop environment. Um, and that was just one of those things that I, had always wanted at the time I didn't like coffee when I was, you know, like a 10. Um, but, uh, it was like, I, I wanted that environment, uh, of my own somewhere where people felt welcome somewhere that you could kind of like be yourself inside of and feel comfortable doing that. And, you know, at, at the time that was overstuffed couches and blended, coffee drinks and an acoustic night on a patio kind of thing. Um, and then ramping into like touring and stuff, um, it was like seeing all of these different walks of life that found a place in a coffee shop, whether it was like coffee aficionados who were like really going in there and, um, like might be a little more off putting at times to the like, more approachable baristas who were like really cool and you could sit and talk to for 30 or 45 minutes and just really like lose track of time. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think through, uh, my life, the experience I've had at coffee shops and what I would want one to be like someday, um, have changed, but the end goal to have a shop was kind of like always there. Um, and so, yeah, traveling across the country and seeing all these shops, like picking up little pieces of what I wanted um, and things that y'all do, too, like like over at Minotti's, how they have uh, in Venice, how they have the like secret menu behind a picture, um, like things like that that are just fun little Easter eggs that make uh, for a cool experience. If you're if you're looking for them, you can find. Um, mm. Yeah, I love that. I love how. Uh, those Easter egg things, if you're looking for it, it's cool. Right. If you're not looking for it, it's, if if you're not looking for it and it, you see it, it's almost an inconvenience. Right. Right. It's like if whoever is coming in just for like a, a drip to go because they're like late and on the way to something like they just want to get in and out and that's, that's great. But I think the like, if you're looking for it thing is interesting. It's like a big part of it. Yeah. And I, I think that y'all encapsulate a lot of those, uh, really cool values and really cool experiences where like anyone can find a home in your cafe. Like, like you don't, you don't have to be going in there for 
like the craziest coffee experience. But if you are, then you can find a really cool drink, a great bag of beans. Like you can get all of that. Mm. Um, but if you're just looking for like, like a drip to, to go, like you're just walking, like you can also get a great cup in, in that sense. And so, um, yeah, I think it's fun there when you can create an environment that everyone feels, uh, welcome in. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, my there stomach. we go. That's great. Can we close mic that? Yeah, <laughs> ASMR that. I have a question. Yeah, and this this may be jumping the gun a little bit, but jump it, I'll baby. Let, I'll let it fly. Um, from essentially, what did you learn from touring that you feel like you're applying now to Meadowlark? Oh yeah, that's a good one. You know, because like you're you're working for someone, but it's also your band, right? Right. Um, but in, and you know, like touring around, I'm sure there's some like degree of similarity to working behind a bar in the sense that you're yeah. like grinding and uh, going like late, late or whatever or early. Um, yeah. But what what do you feel like you've learned that you're transferring to metal art? I think the main one is like when you're working solo behind a bar, uh, you can't just go use the bathroom and it's the same as in a van <laughs> with seven people. It's Amen. like, you just can't, you can't stop every single time. Yeah. Uh, your ability so, to hold. Yeah. Liquid. Yeah. I think that's, that was the first thing that came to your mind. Wow. Main, yeah. main one. Yeah. I had that prepared actually. Yeah. <laughs> cross that off. Um, bathroom <laughs> reference. <laughs> I'm the worst at that, by the way. Anytime, oh, anytime the three of us take a trip, I don't know what happened, but yeah. every couple of hours I'm like, Hey, Couple of hours. I feel like it's a little bit. <laughs> Twenty minutes. What? Twenty five. I gotta pee again. Yeah, and it's it's one of those weird things where you like you don't want to be that that person. Mm. You know, you don't want to make everyone stop, but sometimes you have to. Sometimes when we do the, I do like the majority of our uh, tour managing work and and uh, like building our our timelines based off of routing and whatnot. And yeah, for every three hours of driving you got to factor in an extra hour just yeah. for pit stops pit stops so how many people were in the in the band so we perform with seven um and you know at Big any band yeah yeah what's Real, the what's the instrumentation there like what's the lineup yeah so we have um two drummers a bassist uh lead singer a guitarist uh then i just play guitar and then we have uh a female vocalist who also plays piano or guitar. Um, and then we bring out like friends and stuff, people who want to, you know, play, uh, music too. Like sometimes we'll bring out friends to also play synth. Um, Jimbe ever. Yeah. Jimbe is up there. <laughs> so yeah, if you're, if you're looking, we always have an extra okay. slot for Jimbe. He plays. Yeah. Um, I play Jimbe. Yeah. Dabbles. Yeah. <laughs> and, I play with uh, Jay Thomas. and then we'll also bring, you know, Significant others, wives, oh. girlfriends, stuff out. Um, Did Summer so, ever get to go on uh, a tour with you guys? Yeah, she went on a, a good bit. Well, she I guess, did um, she do photography for you ever? Yes, a lot. If she came out, she would take photos. We typically brought um, our friend who now shoots a lot bigger bands than um, we ever were or will be, and uh, they and so she would come out with us and and shoot. Um, you know, depending on how long she could be out or whatever. And that was always really fun. There are a lot of those uh, fun memories captured that way. Um, 
but yeah, so I think I think if I maybe were to make a more serious <laughs> answer to your question, I I think that you know you behind a bar um, and also on tour, you you get to meet so many different types of people, mm-hmm. um, like all different personality types, all different, all of it, uh, and I th- I think that one of the things that maybe taking away from both of those experiences is like you may interact with someone for five minutes like minimum three minutes if they're just like in passing um but but the impact that you can make in those three or five minutes can be a lot bigger uh than the small microcosm of your interaction that you're that you're there with so i think it's important in both of those things um to uh, treat everyone with kindness because it can be a lot bigger of an impact uh, than, than you may think. And I think, again, something that, that y'all do really well in your cafe is, is making each person feel important um, when they walk through those doors and uh, something that I think you should be doing always, but uh, on tour and um, in a cafe, it's an important part of each interaction. Mm. Were you guys, what was your travel setup? Like, were you on a bus or a vans? Yeah, never got the bus life. We, um, we bought a E350 and a five by eight trailer when we went out to South by in 2015. Um, and yeah, it's one of the, I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but when you like, I don't know, are looking at, at buying a car, buying a car or just any of that uh or starting to notice something small you see a lot more of those around you um and that's how like we were joking like oh we're gonna see a lot of like white vans out at at south by and i mean it is like millions of these like (laughs) e350s uh out there at the time it was i mean just wall to wall e350s but yeah it's um we got that then, and we got a pretty good deal on it, um, and we've been traveling in that uh, ever since. And it it's a twelve passenger, but twelve is really pushing it. Yeah, like especially on a longer tour, like seven or eight <laughs> is kind of all you really want in there. Sure. Um, for like the three month tour we did, seven felt like it was a lot at times. Do you guys mind if we have a guitar corner real quick? Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was expecting it to go here. So, um, okay, you so. guys make it fast. All right, <laughs> let me ask something really quick. Are All you guys right. still riding slash touring? Yeah, so touring not so much currently. Um, we just finished a new record, um, got the masters back, and all that kind of planning what that whole phase looks like, uh, and kind of based off of that, no real tour plans currently but i think everyone is like uh excited about the thought of playing music again um we had a couple tours canceled at the beginning of covid um and we all kind of thought like oh yeah we'll push those back like to the end of the year fast forward two years later um none of those shows have come to fruition yet but we'd taken 2019 off to write the record uh, and then we played like three or four shows that year, but um, then COVID happened, uh, and we were trying to figure out how to like how as 
the five guys who were like the main writers of the band, how we could write together in a room and feel comfortable. Um, some people were a little more cautious of the of COVID. Uh, some people were not as cautious. And so trying to just like figure out where all that kind of lands uh, mm. and how we could comfortably get in a room. Um, so yeah, we finished the record in 2021 and they've just kind of been sitting on it. So nice. Yeah. It's That's been awesome. fun. So, but we're all musicians in here, guitar, guitar, djembe. Djembe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guitar, 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 djembe. Oh man. Um, yeah. Okay. So in your, in your writing process, and this is good cause it's fresh. You just did it. Yeah. Um, what as, as, so I, I bet you contribute more to the writing process than just guitar parts. Right. But like specifically as that role, like as you're, are you like the only guitarist or are there multiple? Yeah. So our lead singer, Mike also plays guitar. Okay. Uh, and he writes all the songs. Um, and so we've kind of taken like different variations on that theme over over the years. The first EP was like he brought all the songs, and then we fleshed out our individual parts. Uh, and kind of similar to the the second one, there was like he had the core songs, um, and then we kind of like wrote some together, and then wrote all all of our parts to the ones he'd written. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's become more collaborative over the years. And on this most recent record, um, two of our friends who are producers uh helped write a lot of the parts um helped write a lot of the guitar lines and so there were like at any given time kind of like four guitar oriented minds uh Mm. on a track and so it's been cool seeing kind of like the full scope of that thing um and especially in like a group of five guys everyone kind of like has their input in in different parts and if someone's hearing something like it definitely makes the process take longer, but we kind of go through each of those ideas. Like, okay, yeah. you, you really want like to have this theme come through in the bridge or bring this back. Like what would that look like? How would we get into that section? How would we get out and really flesh it out? And sometimes that can take like one full rehearsal day or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, so everyone kind of has their hands in, and this one was more we we'd written these songs and ideas for songs in like 2019 and then our lead singer Mike had kind of taken the majority of those um, and fleshed them out on his own and then brought them back uh, more realized especially since we couldn't get together as much during the, the pandemic um, he had definitely like created something uh, out of like a lot of the puzzle pieces that we'd Put together and also i mean he's a great writer so he had done a ton of legwork i mean those demos that he had had put together were very impressive mm-hmm. for what for the like small pieces that we kind of laid along the way so whenever you're writing like what let's say someone else comes up with an idea and then you execute it like you actually play it what what role are you trying to play in that moment like are you just trying to kind of like almost as like a hired gun, like play it exactly as they kind of would. Are you, or are you always trying to put your own spin on whatever's happening? And yeah. how, how do you do that? I think a little, I think a little bit of both. There are definitely those times where it's like they, they have a vision 
and like you really should just ex- execute as is and I'll always like put a little bit of my own like spin on it most of the time that's just adding like three delays and a reverb <laughs> uh, but the um a lot of times it's like what they are voicing better suits uh what's happening yeah um and you know I kind of I find myself especially in the live situation like kind of building something different than what's recorded um kind of taking a spin on it but on the on the recording and i think if someone's like really passionate about it there are times where uh it's it's my role to serve that more than what i want to play which has taken me years to kind of be able to do Mm because like in in my mind i like that kind of strong creative like I'm I'm a two on the Enneagram, but like moving into the four realm, like like really pushing into something where I'm like, I want to play this. I'm the guitarist, you know? Yeah. Um, well, especially, it, especially if you're like, this is my band, you know, like. Right, right. This is the one place I should be able to play right. what I want to. Yeah. Mm. I will say, I don't think that we have said the name family and friends oh, yeah, yeah. this entire time. Yeah. Uh, so if you're listening and you want to listen to JP's music, family and friends. Family and yeah, friends. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think it is important in, in both roles to kind of like be able to have a place to express maybe like your artistic voice. Um, but also like the, the people in the band are all very talented musicians too and, yeah. and have valuable input. And, and sometimes you're like a conduit for the voice of the band. And sometimes you're like really, uh, amplifying your own right through it but yeah as far as like i don't write any of the lyrics i'm a horrible singer so i do not sing hey, uh, no no actually test test so go ahead <laughs> let's hear it give you a little something throw some verb on that um but yeah y'all y'all play guitar as well ross much more than i i'm i am uh mediocre okay but ross is great well you didn't say you're bad so i know you're not at least <laughs> bad Oh, borderline bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're good at theory. Uh, like you you know you know how music works. I, I know how music works. I think yeah. I think you your uh your ideas in your head uh are awesome. I think that you your fingers just need to catch up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Playtime. That's encouraging. Uh, I'm I'm better at bass than I am at guitar. Okay. Um, but I mean, having a basis that's good at theory is like it's money. Great. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, and you play a lot. I do. Your church and wedding still. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Um, and personal. I feel like you just like to play. Yeah. Yeah. I was playing last night. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I've kind of gone in and out of it. Yeah. Um, but I, I started playing in like eighth grade uh, because my sister wanted to, I started playing for two reasons. One, my dad really wanted me to learn Led Zeppelin songs Oh yeah, because he loves Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. And so I did too. Um, and then my sister like was to say that she loved Taylor Swift is an <laughs> understatement. Like she's she, just, she she's was a Swifty. Yeah. Stan. She was. Yeah. She's a Swift Stan. Swift right. Stan. Um, so we would just sit there with, 
you know, my acoustic and like I'd put a capo on and we'd learn Taylor Swift songs and oh, record so them good. on our, uh, our massive desktop computer <laughs> with the Ooh. built-in microphone that was like in the, yeah, that's crazy. I, I really want to find those recordings. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's how I started. And I've, like I said, I've gone in and out of it with different seasons of life. Like when we were starting Valor, uh, and we were all working uh, a lot of hours. I just did that. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I did. Um, and then basically, like, completely stopped playing. It seemed like for like six months or a year. Um, and that, but now I'm playing like pretty much a lot. So yeah. Um, but I've been really enjoying it lately. It's been very fun. Yeah. Let me try to guess mm-hmm. what guitar you play. Oh, come on now. Um, and I want you to guess too. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you have. Yeah, dude, don't just sit back for this one, okay? If you yeah. don't mind. <laughs> he doesn't play Jim Bay. Right, Grandma, so. you sit back. <laughs> you don't play Jim Bay, right? Anyways, this can um, get offensive. <laughs> like if you just are completely off base yeah. with your guess. The King Schechter, yeah. uh, Floyd Rose. Um, okay, I, I I know you have multiple guitars. Guilty. Multiple electric guitars. Guilty. But you mostly play. Do you mostly play one guitar, or are you yeah. like okay? Does it have humbuckers? Mm-hmm. I knew that. Okay. <laughs> is it is it a Gibson style guitar? No. Dang it. I'm I'm guessing something Offset. Okay. Uh, Come on, keep going. Warmer? Reverend Warmer? No. Uh, I, I do say. love Reverend guitars though. Those are great ones. Um, is it a jazz like a some sort of jazz master type of type yeah, of yeah. thing? Is it like a mod job? Like you have like a. So, All right, what is it? <laughs> uh, so I have a Jaguar with humbuckers. It's okay. like the mm. classic player. Um, I got it for a couple hundred bucks off Craigslist. Um, but it really feels like home. The neck is like perfect. Um, and it is the, you know, Jaguars have all those switches. Um, but with the classic player, those switches are coil tapped. So you can okay. go single coil humbucker. Um and I haven't really modded it in any way. My bridge pickup went out on tour, and uh, Chicago Music Exchange dropped in like a new um, something in the bridge. They like I had a cheap pickup in my case, and they were like, "We have this better one. We'll throw in for free." Um, and they fixed that up in one day, which was incredible because we had to get back on the road you were already in chicago that's yeah, cool yeah um, you got to go to one of the most like famous music stores in <laughs> yeah, america yeah. and they're just like their repair shop is incredible um bar and, none yeah bar none i would absolutely take anything to them and feel comfortable with it and even when i got um i got a 68 uh fender coronado and when i got that's that cool. i was like like i just need to call and pick your brains on what i need to do with this because i really trust them and they also have like a great vintage program um but yeah i don't know what that bridge pickup is now but it sounds great Mm -hmm. and that's uh all i really care about and for for me and traveling with the the band it's like i don't really want to take anything like crazy valuable out um so the fact that i got that guitar for cheap uh and can feel comfortable bringing it out on the road uh, really kind of does it, does it for me. Yeah. Um, on top of the fact that it just feels like home, mm-hmm. uh, when playing it. So I also have, um, 
a, a Tele and a SG um, that I bring out that I I love those as well. Um, but the Jaguar is kind of the the home nice. staple. Yeah, absolutely. My turn. All right, enough. Yeah. All right, go ahead. I got two two questions. Okay. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to share your gear. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm working with is... <laughs> You're a, sitting on a gold <laughs> mine over here. <laughs> so much gear to talk about. Uh, as being a father, husband, business builder, has another job, writes music, do you still find time to like... Do you like listening to music and setting aside time to listen to music? Yeah, yeah. Um, I So I think currently in like the, the scheme of things especially with Larkin like I play a lot of acoustic guitar um with her and we you know like do all the she loves music um so anytime like like man if I rip out hey there Delilah she's gonna start dancing there's just (laughs) no two ways about it um and so but overall I feel like the the actual playing of it and I don't know if you experience the same thing but the playing of music especially amps like really has fallen like lower on the on my like day to day list of activities, um, but yeah, we listen to a lot of music. Um, Anything you've been excited about lately? You've been listening to? Yeah, I I mean I'm really into Andy Schaff. Um, I don't know if y'all are Andy uh-huh. Schaff fans, but man, nope. well, now I look really cool. So y'all, <laughs> uh, um, he's an incredible singer songwriter. Uh, and he plays, I think, all of the instruments on his album, so uh, which is also impressive. But like the production is really, really cool. There's like kind of an old school, like like seventies ish theme to a lot of it. Face mm. guitars, great acoustic sounds. Um, yeah, and he's also a really cool storyteller in his songs. So not like a not like maybe Johnny Cash style storytelling, but the albums all kind of follow this like arc um, of a story. And he has some really funny like Easter egg lyrics in there that like you just like, if you're, if you're listening to are pretty hilarious. Um, But he's also not like flight of the Concord up comedy music. It's like he has, um, they're all incredible songs, like really well, uh, arranged and produced and then it also like if you dive into the lyrics there's some really funny moments so yeah andy Schaff, big andy Schaff fan check him out. yeah um how about y'all what are y'all into these days hmm. um it's very different than that but i've been listening to this uh the first lp of the band called bio that's been Ooh. with this company for a while uh <laughs> it's been with this company. Thanks for sponsoring us, Bio. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, we've uh, put a song on one of our things, one of their songs on one of our videos before, and I feel like we always play them in the shop. So, yeah, just to hear a full length has been fun, but it's more like definitely borders on like electronic house, cool pop kind of world. But that's just what I've been listening to in my mm. my spares. Yeah, Walters. Yeah, I've just I always got to check my. I almost said Shopify. Uh, my Spotify, big businessman. Oh, oh, I uh, really like my morning jackets' new record. Oh yeah, uh, they're self-titled. 
I have not listened yet, but I do love my morning jacket. It's great. Yeah. Speaking of like seventies mojo. Yeah, yeah. Like that that is just like the best word to describe their music. Yeah. Mojo. Because yeah. it's just like dripping with this like dripping vintage mojo sound. Yeah. And it's it always the thing I love most about My Morning Jacket and Jim James is just that all of his songs sound like they were like hits in the seventies right, or sixties. Right. Mm. Um, they all sound like they are like covers of yeah. songs that were like actually hits. Um, and I don't know. I just love how it sound like it, it progresses in some ways and modernizes in some ways, but for right. the most part, it just sounds like fresh takes yeah. on like a really vintagey sound. Um, so yeah, I, I've, I've been listening to that record a lot. I'm kind of worn out on it, honestly. Yeah. And so I've just re-listened to like the rest of their discography. Yeah. And uh, it's really great stuff. Riley, my man. Um. <clears throat> so I've been listening. I don't really have anything new by any yeah. means. Uh, I've been listening to that second. N- no. I'm just kind of like Y Oak. All of their. Oh yeah. Their first few albums. Um, I need to re-listen to Y Oak. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's it's funny now. I think back in, in that time, we didn't have a um, a term for singing in cursive. It's a little cursive-y, <coughs> but, I mean, musically, it's just great. And yeah. uh, that, Young the Giants, second album. Oh, wow. Yeah. The uh, one with, like, Crystallized. Yes. That, that's awesome, yeah. Yeah, that's Love just, that like, one. one of my favorite albums ever. Yeah. Um, Me too. And uh, like Brooks and Dunn, yeah. come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> That's my uh, those are my those You're are my really recent listens. Running the gamut there. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've been eating up some Hank Williams Jr. Too. You have okay. Okay. Junior or Senior? Both. Wow. Yeah. But Junior lately because I grew okay. up listening to it. Uh-huh. And John Denver too. Mm-hmm. Been loving it. Yeah, we uh, Joel, who you have recently had on the podcast, sure. uh, turned me on to Petey as well. Y'all listen to Petey? No. Mm-mm. Dang, dude. Yes. Hey, how do you find Joel's music? I Is it under Joel Norman on Spotify? Uh, Isaac and Joel. Is what it's under? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't um, find it. And they recently released two songs, uh, and they're both really great. I mean, recently, within the past year. Not like not like within the past two weeks. But um, yeah, he, he told me about this uh, artist, Petey. And he is like kind of everything that I love. Like he has really great synth moments that are very fun pop. He has uh, he yells, which you know I also like yelling. Um, so he kind of like verges that like synth, but also kind of like indie rock, also kind of emo. Um, and yeah, very fun music. Uh, mm-hmm. And he has like a and. Instagram, like he, he, I think he blew up on on TikTok for like his comedy skits. Mm. Um, but then he also just has an incredible uh, band called Petey. Um, huh. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna get to my second question. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but my bad. I will say I said bio, but if I actually was thinking about what I listened to the most, I probably listened to our friend slash coworkers Elijah Naps. Yeah, piano music. Yeah, it's just like my stomach just keeps. Oh. Sorry, it's just in my ears a lot when I'm doing. It's really things. good. He yeah. is, I think, from y'all uh, posting about him and and sharing his like stuff and him being a part of the team. He's an incredible musician. 
mm-hmm. like very very impressive yeah it's just it's very pleasant to listen to and sit there and contemplate it or do something else while you're listening to it but my next question was you talking about the songwriting touring process of being like a more of a collective group yeah and now you're basically doing a business by yourself more or less and maybe if i'm wrong there and how much summer is involved I'd, i'd like to know yeah how have you are you like considering bringing on partnerships to that are you comfortable in the collective or like in your time there you're like you know what i think it actually might be really healthy for me to make all the decisions myself and make something that's very true to form jp yeah so i am very aware of my limitations there are a lot of things that i like do not need to handle a lot of things that are above like my pay grade i love making coffee um I really enjoy the customer service experience. Like those are all things that I'm excited about being a part of. But as far as like the rest of the um, like business and all the facets that come into there, like I definitely think other people should be lifted up and have a voice in it. Um, currently, I mean, summer does does so much um, mm. for it and the design and, and uh, like the marketing and a lot of the, the business decisions too. Like I'm, I'm very emotionally driven. And so I can very quickly be like, no, we need to do like this, 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 and this. And she's like, that doesn't make sense. So maybe we reel it back just a little bit and make it like this, um, which is really helpful. And also, um, pairing up with, uh, the, where we've done the pop-up so far, enemies of the average, uh, in Gainesville, Jenny, who's the owner of that is like a, incredible mind as well to bring in for design and everything. Um, and then we also have another person, uh, who works with Jenny. His name's Trey. He has like his own, uh, software sales career and everything, but he's also like a really great mind, especially because like before, before us popping up in, in the Jackson building where, uh, he is, it was like, he wasn't a coffee guy at all, but he's, excited and a huge uh cheerleader for for any of his friends but also thinks he's passionate about um and so i think having like a lot of minds in the in the table uh or or in the a lot of cooks in the kitchen maybe um can be really helpful to grow and i think it's kind of similar to the band and having like a collective of minds like Certainly there are times where someone needs to take the reins and be the like leader of that uh, to get things done. But um, elevating the voices of the people around you to have uh, uh, something to say, to offer what they're great at, um, I think can be really beneficial to growth. And again, there are so many things that I'm just like, like that does not make sense to me. And there's no reason that I should like kind of, push myself uh to the front and push you down uh when it could be so much better if we really just focus uh, on your talents um so i think right now in the actual like legwork of starting a cart um and actually like being there to make the coffee and all this stuff like that makes sense for me to be the one to do it but Mm -hmm. everything behind the scenes is 
um, a lot bigger than me. And while I have the vision for what I want in a coffee shop, uh, my vision is maybe a lot um, of the like bigger picture and all the small details I like can quickly lose sight of and other people uh, are a lot uh, better at sorting those things out. Mm. Heard that, bro. Yeah, heard that. Heard that too. What does a Larkin add to the the business? I've heard a lot about Summer and Jenny, but not a lot about Larkin. Yeah, Larkin runs the show. I mean, she's kind of the boss. Uh, she's not afraid to yell when things get uh, intense. She's she's kind of like the Gordon Ramsay yeah. uh, of, of Meadow Lark. And she doesn't have to take bathroom trips either, right? No, you know, no. Speaking I mean, of, she just kind of learning. takes care of it right there. And, you know, that's something I'm also learning from her. So yeah. uh, it makes my job a little You're learning so much about, like, you know, the bathroom stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> this so. is the Bathroom Stuff Podcast. I'm in the right room, right? You are a student yeah, yeah. of the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, what, what, is your, what has your career in coffee looked like? We hit on yeah. some of the, uh, the music related things but yeah. you also have an esteemed oh. coffee career so <laughs> is that a steam pun or well you... maybe infamous yeah yeah um notorious incredulous wow yeah wow. this is all news to me so <laughs> thank you um so i i started when i was in uh college at uh jittery joe's uh in athens you know um and that was kind of another one of those places where like summer and i were always going to study uh, and it kind of felt like more or less a, a home for us where we could like go and get stuff done and drink coffee. And, you know, that was like um, before a lot of my experiences in the specialty world. That was like 2013. Um, and so we I wanted to work there and they didn't really have any bar jobs. And they were like, well, you can like if you want to work, you can deliver all of our, like, supplies to all of the uh, shops, which, you know, are, like, smoothies and, uh, like, the smoothie mixes um, and, and powders and syrups and all that stuff that you think of going along with uh, their company. And so we, uh, I started doing that, which was a pretty funny situation. And I don't, question a lot of things I kind of just go along with it and at the time the guy told me like yeah you need to deliver six cartons of the strawberry banana smoothie and I was like it was like 10 o'clock at night it's like I can't call this guy but like is six cartons like the physical cartons or is it like six cases <laughs> so I get a call the next morning and he was like no store would ever go through 36 cartons <laughs> of this smoothie you went cases. in a week. I went the cases route. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would, I would do the same thing. I'd go more, more than less, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I went and picked those up the next day. It was, and so from there, I kind of, once a spot opened up uh, behind the bar, I started working um, there. That place had a, a drive through um, as well as like a, you know, standard thing. So pretty high volume space. Yeah. Real high volume. Um, Never been. Yeah, yeah. And Sorry. it's, uh, no, no. I, I do not take any offense to that. Uh, real high volume, kind of keeping up with like the pace of a drive through and in store. Sure. Um, at the time, things were, uh, they, like six months after I started, they sent an employee out to like 
uh, machine training and stuff. And that was when it was uh, told within the stores that you need to take apart the group head to clean it. <laughs> so in one location did not want to do that because that was where all the flavor was. Uh, like, yeah. they were like the tannins. Yeah. 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 Um, it's like a cast iron. Yeah, exactly. It's just like a cast iron. Just, yeah, everyone knows that. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, from, season it. from there when um, I moved to Atlanta, kind of between uh, weekend runs and tours and stuff, I was working for my uh, family's print shop in Atlanta, which is off Howell Mill. And every day at lunch I was walking over to Brash, um, like when they first opened. Uh, and again, just really loved that like interaction each day with, with those people, um, was just like always a highlight, uh, of my day. And that was when I was like, okay, so I've had great specialty coffee on the road. Um, and what I've experienced in Georgia is like, uh, octane, which is, you know, great. Um, and like caramel auto, right. They, uh, they, I feel like Octane, you know, paved, paved a lot of the paths for us. Um, and, and so walking to Brash, I was like, this is what I have been looking for. The, the quality that I like have enjoyed. And even though I was still so fresh in the specialty scene, like, and I didn't really have quite the know how behind the bar I was ordering, like a lot of stuff from the shops that I'd visited. Um, and that was when, I like slowly transitioned into brash. They needed some, uh, like holiday help. Um, and at the time, you know, West side and all of that was so different than it is now. Like brash was still, we were like bringing, uh, board games into work kind of thing to like pass the time. Um, and so that was, were you, were you also doing like, we'd always see you guys sorting your, Coffee. Yeah, yeah. Like pick, picking <laughs> yeah. out defects and yeah, picking out those defects those days. I don't know if they still do that. Um, I I can't imagine that you doing would. it at that volume. Yeah, I feel like once you get to a certain point, you get the you can get the laser guy. Yeah, color yeah, grader you know, thing. Yeah, that or uh, what is that company that makes the crazy equipment that Black and White has? Sov- Sovda is that what it's called? You guys seen that? No, no. What are you talking about? They make a color sorter that is. Pretty nuts. Yeah, pull it up. Um, I think it's called a Sovda Pearl Mini. That's it. Hello. I mean, insane piece of equipment. Oh, I have seen these. Are you tired of wasting time hand sorting Quakers and burnt beans? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Say My no goodness. more. That's all we do as owners of this thing. That's true. We just sort coffee all yeah. day. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. This This isn't really working. Oh, there we go. Um. Wow. Has a camera, and it it just and thirty two air splash valves. <laughs> That's a lot of air splash. <laughs> yeah. uh, but point being, it it color sorts it for you, so you don't have to do all right. That. What what was the like working at Brash? Yeah. Because we would always see you guys. I'm still on sorting coffee. Yeah, yeah. I'm not moving on. <laughs> yeah, no, no. What was? Because <laughs> I would always see you guys do it and be like, "Why are they doing that?" Like, and uh, like I get why you would do it, but like also I don't get it. Like, right. what was the narrative at the time that like pushed you guys to do that? Yeah. Like, so who was who was shaping that? So I think that with each 
cup and and i i don't i don't know where the the origin of it started like i don't know if the guy who was roasting when uh and the owner when brash started um i don't know if he like like really just couldn't deal nail down a, a profile or what but he was all like that can't be right i don't know i don't really know where it started um i do know that we sorted a lot we picked a lot of rocks um Ooh. and so like that right there like no matter how many hours you spend on hand sorting coffee like if you find one rock is like that's yeah. worth it for your equipment overall um but I, and and again i don't really know if that was maybe you know at the time it was like pretty much all el salvador um I don't know if like maybe there were just a lot more rocks in uh, that coffee or what, but you know we would find like a good couple a week. Um, so you were more trying to get the rocks out as opposed to like color sorting. Well, maybe I'm I'm just saying that to make it feel more important than it was <laughs> <laughs> to not feel like I was in this. Hey, we're on your well, side, were you, yeah, man. You guys, you guys were still like like brash was still i don't want to say toll roasting but using someone else's equipment yeah, at that point yeah, right yeah. so probably didn't have a de-stoner yeah. right and so i mean that seems like good reason to me yeah but also you know and in, in if you can get all of the defects out quickers and burnt beans and whatnot um then you can overall get a better tasting cup and whether like it's not like you would ever get a like one pull of espresso that was like 20% Quakers. Like it was never that many. Sure. But, you know, overall, if if we're, I guess in, in a way, like justifying it to be like, if you can get all of those out, you can get an overall better cup. And that yeah. makes sense. Um, and certainly there there's a lot of equipment that can do that faster. Um, but... What um? How long were you at Brash, and what were some of the things, or like three of the biggest lessons you took away? Yeah, um, so I was there from twenty sixteen to twenty nineteen. A long time. Um, yeah, it was it was a a good time, and I think that was um, working behind the bar in, in a specialty shop. You you get to taste uh, a lot of coffee. Uh, and especially because at the time there's like we were mainly only using El Salvador uh, Miguel Menendez's coffee there. Um, it was like you can really taste the differences in uh, like roast time and harvest year and all of that stuff uh, that was I think Im- important. I, there are few places where I drank the same varietal being from the same farm for such an extended period of time yeah. that I think helps with, with palate training. That's a valuable um, thing. Yeah, and I think that... So I think uh, overall palate training was like a, a big one there. Um, I also think maximizing workflow and space uh, was big for Brash specifically because it, uh, like, you know, it was the shipping container location. So it was like you didn't... Every single square foot has to be maximized or else. Um, And I also think that, like, another one of the things for me and my customer service, like, uh, experience is, like, it's a small space uh, that can maybe be intimidating if you aren't, like, 
if you don't feel well versed in coffee mm. to come in there like everyone can hear every word you say yeah. so like you don't want to sound stupid uh, you, you don't want to sound like you don't know what you're talking about or whatever and so uh, making people feel welcome uh, in a small space that maybe uh, you could feel intimidated by um, I think was a, also a big takeaway and yeah I mean I remember y'all coming in all of the time uh, making the trip there and from coming or yeah. Dawsonville yeah and there was I mean at, at the time there were some great coffees uh, there for sure um formative yeah. for i know for these gentlemen yeah, yeah i i kind of i kind of hold that as the the good old days in a way you right know? uh i'll i will never uh forget coming in there and how you made us feel oh wow. yeah thank you absolutely wow. that is like, really kind we would come in on a day and it's like you and tanner is that his, that his name tanner was there yeah heck yeah uh yeah and like that was just It'd just be great. Well, thank you. About to cry. I know, yeah, dude. No, me, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly getting a little emotional because I was like, man, I w- we were just young. Like, I oh, remember yeah. going in 16, 17, 18. And I was just like, you just made me feel cool. You made thank me you. feel like this was a place I wanted to be because someone was happy that I was there. That is really kind. Thank you for saying that. And to think now, like, that is honestly one of the biggest foundational pieces of our company. Yeah. It would be foolish to not give you credit for Wow putting that like seed within us that's saying <laughs> that thing like yeah we can do that too or like that can replicate um that means the world thank y'all for saying that that's true thank you and and i mean you just have such a spirit of generosity and like warmth to the stranger like i just if i think about you i remember even sometimes when you would come visit the cafe or the cart and maybe someone on our team hadn't known you yet, and I'd like try to figure out if they knew who you were. And I was like, "Yeah, it's like he's a guy. He's like a little taller. Always gives hugs, and is like really excited <laughs> to see everybody." And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, he did come by the other day." Well, I was like, "That's a legacy I can be proud of." Thank yeah, you. <laughs> you're the guy that gives hugs and is excited to see people. So you love hugs. Yeah. So thank you for yeah. doing what you did there. Yeah, and I mean, I remember there were so many times where you and Rachel would come in working on like the design of the cart in that like little corner by the windows and Mm -hmm. stuff. And yeah, I mean it like, so obviously laying the foundation for something so huge. (laughs) Y'all have done a great job. Yeah. There was times where we would come to Atlanta and only go to brash. Like that's (laughs) awesome. That's all we did. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And that, that was enough. It, It was just like, we had to go there and get, get that single O Cortado, Oh, you know, um, and I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, like you said, I, I kind of already said it, but it's just honestly rocking me right now. Uh, having one coffee that like for such an extended period of time, right. It's such a, it's such a value. Like, uh, we, we do that. Yeah. Uh, but with, with, uh, our blend, our right. fl- flagship blend free throw, um, like we've had it on espresso, ever since we've been roasting it's never changed um but that's a blend and so the components change right so that's different um we always try to have the same flavor profile but still it's not the same like uh that's just like i want to do that i want to have enough of a coffee to like taste it for its entire lifespan and shelf life 
Yeah. I kind of feel that way about Finca Medina. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this is one of the only times we haven't had that coffee. It's true. Like, since um, we started. And what was the reasoning behind not ordering that again? It's just we ran out of it, okay. and it, it's not back around okay. quite yet, but we will order it again. Um, and that's just that's that uh, Guatemalan natural. Yeah. That's usually the secondary of free throw. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, if I like for a free throw to be that pea berry Brazil mm-hmm. that we get in that coffee most of the time. Mm-hmm. But it is cool right now that free throw has an anaerobic in it. Like, for yeah, sure. Just and that. You, you don't really see... And, and maybe we will more as like uh, different processing becomes you know more prevalent uh, across uh, origins and across countries and um, but it is I, I don't know many roasters that uh, would put an anaerobic in there whether it's from a, a cost standpoint of, of like a flagship blend or, or whatever um, I think it's very cool that y'all do that and I think y'all were some of the first and some of the stuff you were posting, the first people that were like, like blends need to really be paid attention to. Like a blend should be able to stand out just because it's a blend doesn't mean we're using like blender coffee to like put in here. But mm-hmm. there's like an a- attention to detail that should be greater uh, than like what you experience as a blend. Yeah, that's why I get so excited. We don't have one this season, but our seasonal blends that yeah. we do, um, where sure. we can go even higher price point with them. And I think that we will really start to let loose with that when we get our new packaging in. Um, like, you know, when we can charge, if we start charging $18, $19 for 10 ounces of a right. blend, but it's too, like, really nice coffees yeah. together you just get something super super neat y'all doing a spring blend oh yeah last year's was swoon swoon yeah. baby it yeah great. it was cool yeah uh everything about our company right now is kind of just on hold because <laughs> we are so close to releasing this rebrand right uh it's coming on march 21st come on now three two one. Oh three, yeah two. Oh, that's nice Sam's uh, releasing, was, releasing yeah, the kegs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to ask a question and then walk yeah. away because i got to pee. Yeah. Man, I've, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just living up to my, my MO here, a guy that's got to go to the bathroom. I want to know how did you, so Brash, and then how did you end yeah. up building a relationship with Joel and Charles? Yeah, so um, at the time I was at uh, Brash... Joel and Charles were were coming in a lot. I was going to Chattahoochee a lot. Um, and we also knew each other through... Uh, Joel and I knew each other through music. Um, just great people, you know? And I think it's really cool seeing, like, maybe what I consider our generation of coffee people, like, growing to do some great things. Um, uh, it's, it's cool seeing that, and it's cool kind of hearkening back to when we were, like, visiting each other at, at different cafes. Um, and, and Joel and Charles, uh, are, are people that I've always loved, always wanted to be in coffee with. And, and same with y'all. I mean, it's like just people that I've always felt connected to, uh, and have always been doing great things. Um, I think something that, that I've seen from y'all and from Bellwood and from a lot of these people who similarly are in our, 
are starting something for themselves that they can be proud of. I think there's a different uh, culture that um, values uh, careers in, in coffee and sees that there's a way to make those happen. And it doesn't have to be like through putting other people down. Uh, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be through um, using others to see your end goal. It can be uh, rising the tide so that all the ship all the ships can float um and be kind of a part of something bigger as opposed to um just being like yeah there's a career in coffee for me and y'all paved that way and i can make all this money and you can work until you get tired of it and move on Mm -hmm. leaving uh, a company that i that had been so formative for me um and something that I was so excited about doing the wholesale with Bellwood was was really encouraging, and it got got to be to the point where I was I formulated these relationships, and I was excited to like geek out on coffee. And the wholesale world is so it's such an interesting thing to be a part of because every roaster wants to wholesale, and you can work like months and months on an account. And they'll use you for a month, then roll on to someone else, and you're like, thanks for your time. Thanks for your $300. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to trade any wholesale woe stories, this is the table, man. We've Man, we there was one account that, that Joel was working on for a long time. We did like three visits to, and every time we just got like, like they ghosted us. Like the owner just would be like, "Oh yeah, I'm actually not in." And we're like, "We've set this up for months. We'd leave like, like our whole lineup of bags for them. All this stuff." And they had like a larger name roaster in, uh, and we were like, "Like we can facilitate you better. These are all the ways we can serve you." Doing our like, like both the sales side of the pitch, but also the relationship building side of the pitch, and. Um, and yeah, just kept getting ghosted. And after like months of our, our time and coffee and all this stuff, it was like, just say no. <laughs> just, just, like, it felt okay. like Dobby, give us that sock. Let me go. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. But that was a, that was a tough one. They never, never went with us. Um, and then there've also been those times where we've, you know, worked in account for months. They've used us a little bit and then reached back out about you know upcoming orders and just get ghosted again and it's like yeah again you know you can you can just tell us like we're we're moving on thanks for the coffee um but sometimes those those conversations don't happen it's more just like they don't want to mention it they just want to go right what's some highlight action tuesday tuesday i mean it's been incredible i you know similarly we've been friends with andrew uh for a, a long time um proud of everything that he's done uh but this is one of those moments where you like like get to see a friend like really shine and really do something that you've always known they can do Mm -hmm. um and kind of like encourage that dream and and support it and whatever facilities we have but he has done some incredible incredible work there and as y'all know starting a cafe is never easy and they really went through the ringer with some of the things over in Marietta but man they're crushing it I'm actually doing a uh, little guest shift there this weekend nice. going on a little vacation so 
get to sling some spro behind the bar there. That's awesome. How about y'all? Wait, when are you going to be there this weekend? Saturday, uh, 7.30 to 4. I'm not, I'm not too yeah. far because I'm in like West Roswell. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there, there you go. go. Yeah, come on over. 7.30 to 4. On that last note, uh, pre, pre Ethan's question about the yeah. highlight, um, I've started to just be very direct with people. Right. Because I've gone through that enough times yeah. to just because because it's always in that stage of the the sales process where you're like building the relationship and yeah. it's like you think you're doing one thing who knows what they think you're doing right <laughs> like right and so uh i have just like w- like when you're in that point in the the process like you don't want to be too businessy you don't want to be too like direct and upfront you just want to be kind of like hanging out like so what's your vision like yeah. blah 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 um you know like learning their family's names and all this stuff that's all great but it's like i've just gotten to the point where like so do you think like do you think you would ever want to use our coffee right <laughs> yeah. what are your like, intentions with my beans <laughs> yeah it it just seems so simple but yeah. like people actually are not put off by that question ever right, right and it's like if they if if they do want to use our coffee i'm like great for how long like do you do you think yeah, you're looking to kind of use us as like an exclusive partner and we can really invest and we can do the contract and all this thing or is it like are, are you just looking to have us on for like two months like yeah and uh that asking that those sort of questions i don't know if it was just a confidence thing for me right. or what but i would just be so afraid to ask those questions um, for fear of X or Y or Z, who knows? But um, I've just been really enjoying like being super direct with people yeah. lately because I've just learned that that's one. It's the kindest thing for them, yeah, to just like express intentions and be clear because it's not going to waste their time. Because the worst thing ever is like a pesky salesperson, right? right. Like no one wants that. Um, and so, I, yeah, I've just. I don't know if you if you've delved into that or if that's your philosophy too, but yeah, I've I've never been that direct, but I think that that should be a takeaway um, for me. I think it's you know when when we first came on, I had like my like list of contacts, like shops that I was excited about and and relationships I'd built, and we just sent out like sample. You know, like right. try it, just get in front of people. Um, and I kind of, I kind of realized like that's one way to cast a wide net. Um, and I certainly don't think that there's anything wrong with that approach, but definitely not the approach for us. I think, I think kind of on the other side of things, it's um, the, for us, what's been most beneficial is like building a relationship, like seeing that envision and how we can help and if it's just using our coffee for a couple months like like they also have a coffee shop they're excited to run i think that that's a great thing to be a part of but um you know i think i should definitely be more on the direct side of like like where how long do you want to use us those kind of things because it can feel uh like rejection when you like really think you have something good going there, like, Oh yeah, we were only going to use you for a month. Anyways, I drove like a, a big order, like three and a half hours as like, we thought it was like, like the first of many. Yeah. 
And I was, I showed up and they're like, oh, you didn't have to do that. It's like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't mind. Like, they're like, okay, well, um, I'll see ya. It's like, <laughs> well, I will drive <laughs> three and a half hours back home. Now. Are you going to roll out the red carpet <laughs> yes. for me? It's like, at least pull me a shot of espresso. I don't yeah. know. They were like, it's, it's kind of old. It's not that good. It's like, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh my so God. Never. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And it's always like, you know, man, let's turn into the, <laughs> who's our least favorite wholesale guy? Let's just give him a shout out. No, uh, no it, it's funny. Like you, some of the ones that you work the hardest on, you know, nothing comes of it. And then some of the ones that you just, you know, you drop a sample and they're one of your biggest accounts. Yeah. And that's the, the magic is learning why. Yeah. Like, yeah. why did this one work effortlessly? And how can we just only talk to those people? Right, right. <laughs> like, like that that's fine with me. There's there's a huge value to gain. I haven't I, I've seen it a few times. I haven't seen it a ton of times, but I think there's a huge value to gain in just persistence. Right. Uh of just following up and following up and following it up. Following uh, up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> falling up. You do yeah. it, you do it enough times you start mispronouncing it. Um yeah. but there's value in that uh and that needs yeah. to be done. Like you said casting a wide net and just be like, "Hey, checking in." That. Yeah. But like I would yeah. I would love to just only like figure out, man, what's the criteria of people that just like are plug and play, yeah, ready to go, like that's that's what I want. Yeah, we don't want to weasel something that shouldn't be beneficial for both parties, right? It's like if you yeah. don't want right. us to be talking to you right now, please let's yeah. just like end it because no nobody's having a good time. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the things I've really loved about and about Tuesdays and Andrew is just he's like he's a good human. Like I really enjoy everything about him like seeing that shop there are so many details of that shop that are just like it's gorgeous it's perfect and and similarly like like you feel to to me you you feel like you've walked into like a friend's kitchen and your friend just happens to have a really nice espresso machine Mm. you're like you feel more at home uh than and i I think that that comes with the intentionality of what what they wanted and also the Mm. space they created but the the people that they are where you're just like you can yeah. you can you can feel that very disarming um, and i think one of the things i was excited about with uh joel and charles and building this wholesale program or the facilities that that bellwood has um in helping other people's dreams come alive like obviously it's it's us too we we benefit from it but um there's so many hurdles in starting a shop that people um don't don't necessarily know of until they're like a couple steps in and they're like, wow, this was a bigger undertaking than I could have imagined. Um, and I think being able in, in our field and what we do on the, on the roaster side, um, is cool because we can help fulfill those dreams and make some of the maybe harder decisions or harder questions, um, have an easy answer. And like, they like y'all can focus on, on whatever y'all want to, whatever needs your attention, and we can handle this and run with it. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think it's cool in that sense the the position that we can play and on our side of things um, can make the other side a lot easier. And I think Andrew, um, they've just done 
a great job and they're definitely one of those at the end of the day I um I feel very fortunate to be a part of and that they brought us into their uh, fold in that way so yeah they are very deserving of all of yeah. their success yeah um, they are Man, there needs to be more just like Valor Bellwood exclusive accounts, yeah, yeah. you know? It's like a co-branded yeah, sure. type of thing. Yeah, know. let's call Andrew up right now. Hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, we got to have him on and then, you know, just only have Bellwood accounts on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so if you just send us your, your list, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll yeah. make sure everybody gets a spotlight. Well, I don't want to leave uh, JP hanging, but I also don't want to throw shade anywhere. But, I mean, do you have do you have any wholesale horror stories that you want to oh yeah you want to share because you know you said a couple i don't want to don't leave them hanging out there man we've had our we've had our ups and downs hmm i think uh this the stuffed okay there's a there's only been one time that i have refused to sell coffee to someone yeah um and i don't know I, i'd be interested to see what you think about this so Part of our wholesale philosophy is this is completely not original to us whatsoever, but it's just what we do. Yeah, we 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 go pretty hard on the support stuff, right? Like for free, right? Like we and the the simple philosophy obviously is just like we are going to sell you coffee, and if you use it for a while, like we want you to serve it well, right? Because if your coffee shop is awesome then that means you're going to sell more coffee which means we're going to sell more coffee to you so it's a win-win and the way to do that is like just asking the question like what makes a coffee shop operation great right it's not just latte art it's but it is that it's not just good espresso and it is that too but it's also like how the space is laid out and like the vibe of the place yeah and how happy the employees are and like what the the core values are and all these sort of things and so i think there's just been times where i have bitten off more than i can chew with that right where like there i guess what i'm trying to say is i'm hoping i'm hoping to like win the account right. by like how much support i'm willing to offer because they need me mm-hmm. like I know they need me. Yeah. I know they need us to right. like they could, or they could really benefit from like us training their baristas or us, you know, helping them lay out their bar or like pick the right equipment. I know objectively that they would benefit from that, but they don't think that. Right. Yes. And so because it's not consulting, it's not consulting. It's like, free support. I don't know what it is. It's, it's just, it's a very gray area and it can be often hard to define, uh, you know, the parameters of it and how much we're willing to do. And so I would say some of my biggest frustrations with that would just be where like I, I'm offering this advice or I'm offering the support. Uh, but at the end of the day, like our visions don't align and our values don't align. Right. And so wh- while I may really value uh, good service in a cafe, this person just might not. 
Yeah. And yeah. so whenever I come in here with my good service hat and be like, I could teach your baristas so much about empathy and service, like they're like, okay, I don't really right. care. And so like I think what I've just learned is like my I need to I need to be able to read the room. Right. So that I can focus my efforts in the right place uh, as opposed to just like offering my entire life and expertise and just have them pick out it like, like a vending machine. Yeah. Like, right. Um, what, what has your experience been with that kind of stuff? Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it is kind of like what you're, what you're saying, meeting people where they're at, as opposed to being like, like, here's everything I know. Here's everything I can offer. Here's all of this. And then they're just like, Thanks, but like I don't. I, all I need is your coffee. All, yeah. all I need are like we just need coffee to put through our machines. Um, and so I think for for us, there are definitely those times um, where I'm I'm like excited about you know all these things over that the Bellwood can offer, and uh, and that's just not really what they're necessarily looking for. Um, I certainly, I think in some of my like early wholesale side of things where I was like, everyone needs to taste this coffee. Everyone needs to get it. And like having, like knocking down the door of someone who seemed to be interested only to find out that they were like just being courteous. Yeah. It's like where I needed to learn, like you're saying, to read the room, where I'm like, like, okay, cool, like, you tried our coffee, you've seen my house, you've met my family. Uh, that never actually happened, but, but like, you've, you've tried our coffee, like, you seemed kind of interested, you were nice in an email chain, You whatever. responded to my email. Yeah, yeah exactly, like, that's not a, a green light, and then, and then for, for me to take that as a, as a green light, and then be like, okay, well, we can offer you, like, this, 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 if you ordered this much coffee, here's this, like you can, we can help you like lease equipment, this, 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 mm-hmm. and we can service your equipment, all this stuff. And they're like, like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't need any of that. I, I don't even, I'm not even going to order coffee. You're like, yeah. you just kind of feel like, well, then why the hell do we do yeah, all this yeah, stuff? Yeah. <laughs> you maybe feel like you made a, a fool of yourself by being so overbearing. Right. Uh-huh. And so again, I think the, the ability to like read a room and understand like, like, Hey, I'm, I need to be open for you to come to. I need to make sure that, you know, lines of communication are here if you need it. Um, but not like, yeah, there was, there was one account where we all really thought we wanted it. And (laughs) at a certain point they were just like, Hey, here's like a list of reasons why like, we really don't. It's like, that's on me. <laughs> like we're never going to align and that's okay. Like you have a great shop. I still go to see the shop frequently, but they will, they will not use our coffee. Yeah. That's okay. How many times have we been like, Oh, we got it in the bag. Like go ahead, go ahead and put <laughs> yeah. it in the, like our numbers projections. I, yeah. I think we finally stopped doing that. Yeah. Like, okay, because, so we're going to get, yeah. when we get this account, then we get this account and then because of that, we'll get this account. Yeah. And yeah, 
it's tough. It's it a, is. It's, it's a, a tough business. It's a tough world to run in, and especially there. There's so many people that like do great things. There's so many roasters that I love that I order from that I like am consistently a, a part of that have great wholesale programs with their names in so many shops, and it's like when you have that, it can sometimes feel daunting to be like, well, they're doing it. Why can't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful with, with, uh, Joel and Charles, especially when we started and especially I came on the end of 2019, right before the pandemic. And it was like, like, I don't, I don't know what I can do because it feels like a weird time when every shop is suffering to come in and be like, well, I mean, you should definitely use our coffee. Yeah. Like, would you like to change everything? Yeah. Like, why not right now? And then also, <laughs> like, on the other side of things, the empathetic side is like, these roasters work hard to be in this shop. Yeah. And they also need the support. And I'm not trying to displace anyone, mm-hmm. but I would like to see you use our coffee. And so it was one of those weird times where, you know, just had no idea what to do. And Joel and Charles were very understanding and like, uh, like, yeah, we, we get it. Like, let's just keep working these things and, and eventually the consistency will pay off. And I think the same, um, and especially one of the tough things with, uh, with Meadowlark right now is what I, what I want to be in, in any facet is consistent. You know, I want someone to understand and know that there's a dependability and a consistency that they can count on, us and especially in um meadowlark one of the things that we want to do to build something greater is consistently be there and because we are shut down by health department right now um consistency is not something we can we yeah. can focus on mm-hmm. um i'm gonna be please be right i'm gonna pose a question uh and obviously if we had the answer we would be huge <laughs> We are huge, bro. Yeah, good point. Um, what what makes what makes a wholesale what what makes a roaster and their wholesale program work when it is insert blank company in blank town that you know for for many reasons shouldn't be i'm not gonna say they shouldn't be but it's just like you you scratch your head and you're just like where did they come from Mm -hmm. and they have an awesome product and they should they should be huge yeah but But, how did they get to that how did they get their platform yeah they're in like some small city somewhere Mm -hmm. and sure their product's good but everyone's product is good yeah and that's that's where i used to think we were when we first started and i mean obviously some listeners might have an opinion and ours might differ but um i used to be like is it our is it our coffee that's bad Hmm. i used to have that thought all the time um especially or you know when we first started our coffee wasn't that great we were roasting on a roaster that didn't have cropster and it was uh it 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 wasn't a good product and now i look at that and i'm like did we send samples to a company when our coffee was that and then now it's this and it's better but they don't know that it's better (laughs) um I'm just I'm just posing a, a a question that, you know, I I said we if we knew it, the answer to it then our companies would be massive. But what makes 
a particular roaster and their wholesale program work whenever they're just from some small town and it just it just hits and it's great um do you have anyone in mind that you're thinking of when you say that uh probably what's the one from south carolina not oh junto yes yeah um or Or little wolf brandy wine or brandy wine brandy wine's a uh i drink a lot of their coffee onyx fayetteville's not they're all fantastic companies yeah. that deserve right. every bit of what they have. Yeah, um, it's it's just I I want to know you know the the path they right. the path. What are the similarities between those? Is it good right. branding? I think that's probably most of it. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what it's not like. It's be- I think what you're alluding to here, maybe not saying, is like on a national scale is what you're talking sure, about. Right. Like, and I'll tell you what it's not. It's like what I'm talking about, which is like support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they, they did, <laughs> right. Onyx didn't get the account in like, uh, Atlanta. They're in Arkansas. They didn't say, Oh, well we we're going to sign a contract and we're going to be there four times this year to help you dial in your espresso and train your baristas. They're not doing any of that. Like, and I think this is kind of what we got into, a little bit before we started getting way too busy is like having just more digital content for people to consume. Um, because like it's, it's the reason why people start software companies and not coffee companies because software (laughs) is making money for you while you're sleeping. People are on a monthly subscription, whatever. And, uh, it's just the same principle. Like people in California can be watching our, videos on x y and z whatever the topic is and i I just think that's part of it is like it's definitely not that like brandywine has this awesome support program and they're super hands-on right with the product in its last destination right and i think that there's it's a it's a really fascinating side of things and i've i've talked to a couple people who have uh gotten close to working with onyx on a wholesale uh a program and onyx is also uh for, for me they're they're a formative company right so when we're traveling through the midwest as a as a band i specifically remember like like we'll pull into a city and everyone and and maybe the rest of the guys see this differently um from my narrative of the story right but we pull into a city and everyone's like so what do we what do y'all want to do? We have like 45 minutes to load in and everyone's like, I don't know. And so of course I'm like, well, I know this coffee shop I've always wanted to go to, like, let's roll over there. And so we always would, um, which I'm very thankful for. Again, they probably saw it differently. In fact, for Onyx, the story is like, uh, we, we pull into Onyx on our way out of the city to the next city to get coffee. And one of our drummers just starts screaming at me like like I don't want to go to all these coffee shops and spend ten dollars on a pastry that I don't want and get coffee pay like more money for coffee that I don't need and throws this big fit runs over to Subway and the rest of us like like just kind of go in onyx like (laughs) so anyways next time we roll through Arkansas same same thing we go to onyx and he gets out and he's like okay just like show me what like the big deal is right so we go in they had a ethiopia natural uh 
uh, I think it was um, Bombay uh, on espresso. And I was like, like, try, try this. Here's some sparkling water with it. Like, here's the, how that play goes, whatever. And he was like, oh my God, I get it now. Like, I'm so sorry. I yelled at you last time, you know? <laughs> um, and so Onyx is one of those formative companies. Like I, I think Onyx like does an incredible job. They're like for the size that they are, the coffee they release and the packaging, like it's all on point. Their cafes look stellar. Like their wholesale looks great. But I know from the other side, like you have to sign like a year long contract with them. Like you have to use them for a year their coffees are maybe more expensive than what, what we see ourselves as. And I think it, maybe it's not necessarily a confidence thing, but it's like in, in our mind, like we bend our rules to fit into your shop. Yeah. And Onyx is one of those people where it's like, okay, here are our demands. Like if you want to use us, use us. And I think that there's a duality there of this company that's like known globally. Onyx is huge. Mm -hmm. And then there are the people who want to to get there um it's a it's a tough little dance to play it's almost like uh just relating it to what we're going through right now this is i'm totally going to get back to talking about onyx and coffee yeah but i was thinking the so the first (laughs) the first time we went through like uh getting a lease for our first cafe it was like we had no power we were nobody's just strapping a bunch of different sources of income together to like right. pay for this, getting the cheapest things possible, had like no negotiation power in the in the lease. Fast forward to now, we have an established shop and we're looking to do a second cafe and we're like talking to real estate people, we're like, Well, we want this, we want this. Yeah. Do this, do this, do this and they're like, Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Right. And it's just there's something about reputation and yeah. Like having some years under your belt. Um, but when you first poised the question, I was, it's probably saying it in just a synonymous way, but I'm like, for me, my thought is like, how do you just create desire? Because that's all it is. Right. Is like, it's that push and pull you're talking about. Like someone's going to be pushing, someone's going to be pulling. Yeah. Somebody's going to be trying to make it happen. Someone's going to be like, right. Walking away. Right. And so when you're small time, you're the one that's like pursuing and then the other person is like by default put in that position of like just being naturally hesitant. Um, And when I think about some of those companies we named, I'm like, okay, so the, the branding has popped off. Like all their bags are so distinct. I know it sounds dumb, but it's crucial. Yeah. Um, Just like the way your coffee's wrapped up can define everything like methodical. (laughs) For example, we didn't want to talk about them, but you know, hearing about them going into like GMB and go get them tiger. I was just like, what? what? Yeah. How? What? That's and crazy. It's by, it, you, you totally aren't saying this, but it's not that their coffee isn't good. Their coffee no, is no, amazing. No, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all these people, it's just everyone's it. coffee is pretty good sure. at this point. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone's made it to like a big platform where, where everybody's just like side eyeing. Like <laughs> <laughs> nice. Dude, I'm talking. That's beautiful. Sorry. It's okay. Um, nobody's like, oh my gosh, how did 
methodical get this big. They're not even good. It's like, no, all these people deserve it. But it's just there's there's probably, you know, 100 people behind them being like, we deserve it too. Right. Um, And another thing is like personality. You know, I think uh, Onyx, like their roaster is a personality. Bear, like their wholesale rep is just like a personality. Will Shirts is like a personality. People are like, I want to. I want to know this guy. Right. A big pull to being with Cat and Cloud was like, I want Cat and Cloud to know that I exist. Right. Right. And like, I want their wholesale person to call me. I want Chris Baca to like <laughs> interact with me. So I'm going to keep buying their coffee. It's primal and it's simple, but I think that's it's a huge part of it. I do too, and and I think brand and bag design and all that plays plays a huge role. And I think you know, with any massive company like like brand and brand identity all really matter. And I think for, for me, what like, I think methodical kind of like pushed that in my mind of what bag design can look like and where that leads you. Um, cause their coffee is great. Their cafes are, are wonderful. Like mm-hmm. I, I love them. I love what they do. But that uh, bag though. But that bag though. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you'd like, are they still rocking it too? They're still rocking yeah. it. Oh, yeah. That's and cool. It is cool. And, and I think that, what's really impressive is is at the time there's like kind of the like like 2010 like rustic vibe of like people were kind of going back to the brown bag stamp look you know and um and then they come along with this like beautifully printed bag Mm -hmm. it's like where did that come from um and it it kind of i think it i think they changed that game in a big way and then like onyx's box design now is like like i un, it's so cool you mm-hmm. know and they're like when you order the four pack or whatever and it comes in the fold out box like they've just done a great job and i think that it's inspiring it's cool you think about like okay so what can we do with our bags um and obviously like you know all of these bag design companies have have come up that make it easier for us all to get very well designed bags but like what can what image do I want to portray to someone who walks by and sees our bags on the shelves? And I think I think I'm excited to see what the new bags for y'all look like. I think your current bags do a great job of that, um, of conveying who y'all are, what you're about. Like you can put whatever type you want on there, but the amount of people that read the two paragraphs on the back are significantly less than the people that walk by and see that uh overall design yeah but yeah i think i think there's still that that question at the end of the day of like like how did how did they get there because like their cough like their coffee company onyx is like what 100 times 200 times bigger than what we're putting out but is their coffee 100 to 200 times better Mm. we should just ask them yeah is your coffee better they do have some amazing coffees. Absolutely. They do, yeah. And they keep cranking them out. I think for, for Brandywine, one thing that I continue to order from them for is they're releasing like like three new three coffees a week. Yeah. And and oh it's cool. And they have their like uh, different processing methods that are very cool. Um, I don't always get into the like flavor added in the tank modified coffees, but as far as you know, different processes. It's cool that it's available. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
That's yeah. something I, I've always respected about you is you're just always drinking a lot of different coffees. <laughs> like you're always posting a bag on your Instagram story. And I'm Thank just like, you. this man goes through some, some bean. Yes. Yeah, so Summer talks to me a lot about it, uh, about how much coffee I order. I'm, I just love getting to taste all these different things. I think it's the greatest asset we have in, in palate training when it comes to uh, understanding what coffees can taste like. I think, like, I tried uh, y'all's work at Saqqara and then went, uh, tried one from Partners in New York, and I tried, like, four different ones last year from different roasters. It's cool tasting coffee among roasters that are from the same farms and same processing methods, even different processing from the same farms. But, yeah, I think maybe my bank account doesn't respect how much mm. coffee I drink, but yeah. I, I do order a lot of coffee. Well, you probably have a crazy, I'm sure, I know you have a crazy good palate. And oh, thank you. Thank you, you doing that, it just helps Bellwood and uh, right, right. your company uh, for that matter. And you know, uh, you know what you're up against when you're selling, <laughs> selling coffee. Yeah. So that's cool. But I think even what you touched on is something that I'm going through right now too with finding a space because basically where we're at in the cart process is um, uh, health code does not want a cart. And this is Meadowlark. This is Meadowlark, yeah. Yeah, not Bellwood. So trying to find a space to lease, but we're also in food service, which makes spaces more difficult, which makes Mm -hmm. permitting more difficult, which Mm -hmm. makes all of it more Mm -hmm. taxing. And, uh, yeah, so trying to find the sweet spot, the sweet spot. You want to stay in downtown Gville best you can. I would, I would like to, um, I think that'll be important and I want to, uh, you know, I think trying to find where that will best suit it. I think people will travel for coffee, but similar to y'all, like if you have the sweet, that sweet spot of like crazy good foot traffic, but also like. You can find good parking. You can drive up quickly. All that stuff mm-hmm. is all very important. Um, but yeah, you know, I was, you know, I felt like I was playing by the rules there for a little bit with the pop-up scenario. And you know, health department—they're pretty cut and dry. Yeah, <laughs> and I got cut. <laughs> if they don't like something, and now you're dry. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I'm sure something will come up even though we've definitely been in hopeless moments and hopeless seasons yeah. in our yeah. in our journeys and you're like well this is it right it's over but right. it's not over it's not over there's always there's always something yeah um in a positive way yeah. um how would you like your company to be known in three words yeah um i think kindness is like the first one that comes to my mind. Uh, it's something that I want everyone to feel when they, when they come in, I, I would like quality to be up there. Um, and simplicity. Like I, I don't, I think people are doing incredible things. Um, and I want it to be like, really thoughtful things done very well and presented in a way that's approachable to, uh, to everyone to where like, you know, I think it's funny seeing our side of Gainesville in a light that doesn't 
necessarily know specialty coffee in their hometown. Um, and to serve up like a honey rosemary latte and people be like, why are you putting rosemary in your coffee? It's like, they just don't like, like maybe the, the greater consumer doesn't, doesn't quite see that, but it's something that we experience from shops that we go to. Like Mm -hmm. I would like to be innovative and, and like kind of push the boundaries, but I'm also not trying to like, like push anyone like so far out that they don't feel like they can come in. So, um, probably not going to start with a natural Ethiopian on espresso <laughs> only. Yeah. I, though I would love that. That sounds That's one of the things I'm excited about the K 34. Like, obviously I want one hopper to be decaf, one hopper to be the standard espresso, but man, in my heart of hearts, I'm like, maybe I need one of those to be just like straight up anaerobic natural. Like let's get funky in there. Speaking of methodical, they, that K K 30 twin. Yeah. It's a ride or die. Yeah. That's right. That's been Uh, up there. My, uh, my wife, Guppy heard that you were going to be on the podcast. (laughs) Oh yes. And she still, uh, rants and raves about the, the syrup you made. Oh yeah. That had the citrus and the Sichuan pepper. Yeah. Thank you so much. So that's sweet. Uh, innovation is, is, is pleasing many. Yes. Good. So hats off to, do you want to tell a little bit about what was in that concoction you made? Yeah. So, um, I get all of my spices from Spice Walla, uh, in North Carolina. Um, and they have incredible, like an incredible selection of great spices. Like if you can think of it, they probably have it. And so I ordered, um, all of that from them. It's, uh, Green cardamom, star anise, clove, cinnamon, uh, Sichuan peppercorn. Um, toast all those up till they're nice and fragrant. Crush them down, steep them in a simple syrup with some uh, orange zest in there. And I really like the the Sichuan peppercorn. Like, kind of bridges that gap of um, like it's sensory in taste, but it's also sensory in feel because it gets that numbness on your tongue uh, that I thought was that I, really fun to, to play with mm-hmm. in a, in a latte experience. And, um, you know, I initially presented that at the, at the Bellwood holiday party, we had like a little latte throw down where you could present, uh, a drink. And that one was like, like, I wanted you to to be numb while drinking it. Like you were going to feel that numbness. So I did like a rim garnish with, um, with Sichuan peppercorn. So like immediately like got those lips, um, comfortably numb. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I actually did play, uh, numb by Lincoln park during the, (laughs) during the presentation (laughs) just on repeat, which, um, but yeah, so I kind of brought some of that Sichuan back for like, the greater public serving. Um, but yeah, I I really wanted something that was kind of pushed that envelope. And it was something that I experienced in, uh, the La Marzocco cafe, uh, in the KEXP in Seattle, they had a roaster in from China called Seesaw. And when they bring in such a good name, yeah, I know that's great. And when they bring in a roaster, they bring on their specialty drinks. At least that's how it was set up when we were there can't speak to it now, but, um, one of theirs was distilled coffee, uh, cranberry and Sichuan peppercorn. And it was like, I mean, just, it blew my mind that 
anyone would use that. And so I wanted to incorporate it in that kind of spicy holiday drink. Um, yeah, I, I do love that that syrup. It's I one need of, to try that. It's, it's very good. Thank you, guys. I'm very thankful that you all came in and, and hung out. And, you know, I'm excited to get to make coffee for you again. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those where you're like, that was a seasonal drink. And I know y'all y'all have to go through this, too. But you don't want to see it go. Like, you're excited about having it on the menu. Mm-hmm. You're excited that people are excited. But inevitably, like, it has to go. It's that PSL dilemma. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, it's only special because it's... Well, is, they probably made it year-round at this point. I don't think no, so. No, I know. It's all, it's all about seasonality. We had someone comment on our Instagram post about Matcha Madness saying... You know, this giveaway sounds good and all, but if I win the raffle, can you just keep the thick mint on year round? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. What is one for y'all that y'all would like to keep year round that you just can't because it's seasonal? Uh, Tokyo Drift was pretty, pretty hot around the cafe. I can't believe that got so much notoriety dumbest name ever i was like i'm dedicating this to vin diesel and i'm calling it the tokyo <laughs> drift <laughs> hey, i mean my whole life is dedicated to vin diesel so <laughs> you know the feeling this one's for you vin i don't have friends only family <laughs> yeah. Dude, family and friends check that hey. out hey <laughs> thanks for Full the circle streaming on spotify <laughs> what's the new album called kid spirit very cool very cool the thing that i wish we could keep year round was uh, our our fall blend called Hayride. Mm. I just want to sell that wholesale wise to people that want like like it it has a place on our menu because right. workers comp is like our darker solution, but it's always a single origin. It's not a blend, and it's just simple and chocolatey and really yeah. really great for that. And then free throw is our flagship blend. Uh, which is has a little bit more of a fruit acidity, and then Hayride was this like kind of blend of the two, but there was this like I don't know, just like spicy quality to it right. as well. And I could just see people like putting that on espresso or uh, or drip or just anything, right? Um, so that would probably be mine if that was a if that was a year round. I was really sad to see that one go. Yeah, I think it's interesting when when we can uh, like we kind of got into some maybe it didn't feel like hot water to, to us, but um, you know, we released all these kind of variations on a theme of these lattes that we've had in our experience where we're like, I want to do something like that. Then you release it and someone for, for us, someone was like, we came up with that. <laughs> you're like, mm-hmm. and you're like, I know. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, at the time I was in, uh, when this kind of came to a head and I, you know, am sep Joel and Charles are, you know, Bellwood, I'm happy, I'm a part of the team, but there are a lot of conversations that go on like between them because they're brothers and owners and all that, all those great things. Um, and so when we, uh, got con- confronted about this specific drink, I was in New York at a cafe drinking that exact same drink. <laughs> Perfect. And this coffee shop was like, you're stealing our integrity by serving this drink. It was like, is that how it works, right? Like, like at a certain point, 
it, it, when do we lay claim to sure this like list of ingredients? There's that, like twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like twenty ingredients yeah. that you you mix yeah. with coffee. What, what was the drink? It was a, a, a like a s'mores latte. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, we kind of ran into that when we were talking about. I don't know if I don't know who you're referencing, but you know we were we wanted to do something with marshmallows, smoked glass, cortado vibes, and uh, like Onyx really like represents their is mortado is just what it's called. Maybe yeah. But it's like this is like very known to them. And it's like, well, we want to do it too, but we don't want to do it because they're doing it. We just want to give our guests who have no idea that that exists or the other one exists right. just a good drinking experience. Yeah, we're not trying to like. I don't. I think we do a pretty good job. Like we don't try to like lay claim to any. Yeah. Flavors or profiles, because mm-hmm. some people will even come like, I went to this other shop and they have lavender vanilla too, and I'm like. Yeah, Dude, probably like it's everywhere. Yeah. Probably like everyone <laughs> yeah. does now. You know, yeah. yes, we did it a long time ago, but someone well before us did it. Right. Um, I honestly have no sympathy for that whatsoever. Like, you got a, nothing's new under the sun model. Yeah. Right. Like, it, especially to your point about like each coffee shop is so specific to their local guests. Right. Like, the fact that. Yeah, like I, I don't know why someone I don't know whoever was talking to you about you are compromising the integrity of our company. Like I wonder why they thought that. Right, right. I agree. Is it because you're stealing their customers from New York? No. Yeah. Is it because you use their idea and that's just wrong because it's wrong? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Because even like I, I think listing out the ingredients of of the Ella, which was the holiday spice I made for Meadowlark. It's like overall the experience, the thought, some of the ingredients overlap pretty well with the the house deluxe, like like spicy orange latte. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Mm. Great drink. I love that drink. Are you saying you stole our drink idea? Okay, that's just wrong. Bro. Yeah. No, so I um, and so I just have to uh, say, can I just have your recipe list? Because I feel like I need, just need to take your <laughs> recipe. Um, yeah, you can just have. Yeah, it. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Can I call it the Valor House Deluxe? You can call you can. Okay, cool. That's all I really came here for, so we can wrap up. The luscious metal lark. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think no I'm not I, I'm not flying to New York to get a s'mores latte. You know, like that's that's not necessarily how I think this works. And I think you are localized into this thing and and if you I'm kinda on the same page in in like a lot of the music stuff and in a lot of the latte things like there, there isn't anything new under the sun, and, and creativity like you can you can work within those, but certainly it's been done somewhere in some facet before. Um, I'm excited to present it, try my hand, try to make it, try to do those things, and probably switch it up along the way. But um, yeah, I, I don't get some kind of and imitation is the highest form of flattery. So even if it was yeah. like I see what this person's doing and I want to emulate it, it's like. Great. Yeah. And then if they have it trademarked, you get a cease and desist and you stop. Yeah. You can <laughs> well, just file it all along the other C and Ds, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. Uh <laughs> like uh Don't bring that up. Like uh uh oh. Cat and Cloud, I mean the I mean, or Chris and Jared creating the one in one. I mean, sure. it wasn't a completely original idea, but a phrase around it. I mean, that's on our menu now. You yeah. Know? And 
it's on a lot of menus, and they don't care. They want it to be on every menu, and, and they are expecting great. credit from it. Well, it's great, and it's great to give homage if someone asks too. Yeah. Like, oh, right. yeah, these guys out in Santa Cruz. Well, yeah, we we all. I think it's important to try to give credit where credits due for yeah. things. You know, because to say that you're not inspired by other companies is it's a fallacy. Yeah, exactly. Um, a farce. Wow. Fart. Farce. It's cool. a fart. It's just a big <laughs> fart. <laughs> How long have we been going? Is that are we really been going for three hours? Uh, no, it's two it's hours. Two. It starts at one. Okay. How about that? Huh? Uh, I always just look around this time because I don't know what I'm doing, and for some reason it usually stops at two hours thirteen oh, minutes, and I have to restart it. But it didn't do it this time. Wow, that's great, great job! Logic are we going to split this episode uh, up? Shut your mouth! <laughs> I always ask if we can split the episodes, and he's always like, "No," and then I'm like, "You know." Hey, what do you think about that mug over there? That's our our prototype for our new mug. I actually really love it. I wasn't sure if it was something that y'all were trying to. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Can I just touch? Yeah. Uh, Who made this? Colors are a no, but uh-huh. the shape is final. The shape is great. The weight is also really nice. Our friend Mark Rockwood is Come making on, Mark. our new uh, Thanks, our new. Mark. Big Mark's, listener of the podcast. You've probably seen him around. Good job, Mark. Friend of the program. Friend of the program. Yeah. Um, that's great. He did a great job. Yeah, I'm stoked on those. Uh, let's let's just narrow in a little bit more on, on yeah. Meadowlark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what do you what do you want your your next year to look like? What what would be kind of your dream yeah. scenario? Um, I guess we can just start there. Yeah, so one, I want to be in operation. <laughs> okay, health department, you mm-hmm. listening? Um, they, they don't listen. Yeah, please. It's amazing how much, like, especially small town, like, they know, they know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, There's not, but, a, not a not a lot of action to report, probably. So yeah, it's, that's kind of the tough part. But certainly within the next year, I'd really like to have a uh, full functioning uh, coffee shop, and I would like for the cart to still be like available, um, like event style. Um, I think would be a lot of fun. Um, right now, we have a, a couple of options at our disposal that I'm trying to figure out how we can kind of get into. Uh, but yeah, I would love to have a um, full functioning shop, maybe. Uh, some kind of cool uh, pastry like food program uh, as well um, mm-hmm. and I would really like to be able to serve uh, in uh, summer sorry um, hey summer yeah so I would really like to be able to have a shop open every day of the week employ a couple great people and create uh, an environment that everyone feels welcome to you, be in. You want to be open seven days a week? Yeah, that's. I think that's the goal. I think seven days would be nice. Yeah. Um, could I work seven days of the week? It's a, it's a no, lot. that's why you get employees, yeah. so they yeah. can work seven days a week. You can work two. And just sit yeah. on my throne. Um, Your throne. The bathroom? <laughs> You're in the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, I, it. I never leave. <laughs> You're um, just in the bathroom, like, practicing holding it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the amount of free chapel people that are just going to be chomping at the bit. Yeah. Lying out the door, Chelsea boots. I'm talking yeah, like man. it's going to be nuts. Yeah, so I, I I would really like to have a space. I think that there's room in Gainesville to build, uh, you know, 
potentially a a couple of cafes. Um, I Gainesville's think Gainesville's big, like man. spread out in such a weird way that there would be an opportunity to make something bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, right now, I think my main focus is just on getting back up and back up and running. Um, certainly, within the year, I'd like to have a a home the health department can walk in and see just happiness on every corner. Their thumbs are way yeah, up. Yeah, so far up. And, you know, it, it's just one of those things that we, that there are, a, the community in Gainesville is really gracious. Like, I, I feel very welcome uh, there to, to do a full coffee shop. Um, and I think there are a lot of people who have offered their facilities and in a way to make it uh, easier for myself. But, um, you know, still there are a lot of doors open that I'm really thrilled for that uh, health department is not. So yeah. they don't become an option anymore. How's Inman Park doing over there? You know, the, I think I think they'll always have a market. I think they serve people that, that I do not, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, they're crushing. We have the and, same same thing in Alpharetta. There are shops that are for yeah. different walks of life. There's yeah. like a gluten-free bakery that does coffee. There's a yeah more like bistro lunch spot that does coffee. And there's a different coffee shop that's bigger for people to hang out in. It's kind of all little. You all got your niche. Yeah. Well, we're the place that you go to if you want to listen to like uh, club music and <laughs> watch the employ- like watch Sam Thomas twerk behind the bar. You know, that's a big a, a big chunk of the population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and I think you know I think there will always be like I think coming from a place like when I was working at Brash with five coffee shops around like mm-hmm. on every corner and each coffee shop was pushing numbers like it just. I think there is space in the coffee community to to exist, um, like like several places to exist in the same spot and and do well and each serve something different. I think in Gainesville and maybe y'all face this in Roswell too, where it's like people understand having like like three pizza places, three mm-hmm. burger spots, three bars like on the same block, but when you try to put like a coffee shop in the same city city that yeah. a Starbucks exists in. They're like, we're good. What? So there's a Starbucks right here. And like, <laughs> see how that, yeah. Works. And you just, you know, we've kind of faced that a lot where people are like, so, so what about like, you know, you have Duncan and Starbucks and then Inman perk. What, what are you, what are you going to do? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just, a, it's a, it's a differentiated thing. And you're going to serve traditional macchiatos. <laughs> yeah. only. Well, I think that is, is probably you mentioned it, but a big reason you think that way is having worked in West Midtown right. <laughs> during the height of yeah. like, like you said, I mean, let's list them. There was revelator right there. There was the brash box, not brash. Did you call it brash box? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Brash box. Uh, Chattahoochee was right there. Octane. 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 There, Sid, yeah. Mashburn. Sid, Sid Mashburn. Sid Mashburn. Yeah. And then like star star. They had, had like a, a linear program. Yeah. Um, was that it? Yeah, that was uh, those six were it in the, in the like, and two blocks band. That was it. For, for the listeners, like how 
how was the like two mile radius? No. Yeah, it was like one. I one mean, mile? Yeah, from like if the end caps in my mind, like the the three points of that triangle would be like Octane here, Chattahoochee, and then Revelator. And they were like Yeah. And everyone was pushing numbers. I mean, I think I think Revelator kind of cannibalized it, but they you know, we now you have kind of the same thing but prevails right there. Oh yeah. Right. Uh Sid is still pushing mm-hmm. Chattahoochee Brash and then Holiday Bar is like right across the street from Brash and they have a coffee program. Oh, okay. Um where's that? It's in that new Star Metals building. The new development. I'm so unfamiliar. I do. I, okay. Nowadays. Is uh does Sid Mashburn still use Peach? I think, I think Peach runs like it. Peach Cafe now. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Super cool. Yeah. So Every time I talk to someone about like, yeah, maybe one day we'll open an Atlanta cafe, they're like, yeah, it's just so, it's so uh, oversaturated with like specialty coffee, like good coffee. And my next thought is like, well, yeah, compared to the suburbs, but like, so having worked in, in one of the most highly saturated specialty coffee areas maybe in america think about it like that was crazy what happened in west midtown and what still is what why did it work like why first of all did it work like like you said most of these cafes are pushing numbers why i mean i i think that when when you boil down like what you go to a, a coffee shop for like you you can get coffee like anywhere, you know, you can make coffee at home, but what what you're going to each spot for is maybe the, the people that work there, the energy you feel while you're in there, the experience that you have. And then like the coffee is a a factor within that. But, you know, I think, I think it kind of all comes down to what you are searching to get. And I think each cafe specializes in in a different one of those things or maybe like aligns with each person in their own right um i think you know for for brash it worked and for chattahoochee it worked and you know you kind of go to each of these spaces for for different things chattahoochee has a great seating space you know they all have their own own thing but what you're delivering along with coffee is the customer experience and you know all those other things fall around it but you know i think so many people think about like like oh well you need parking like like right there so people can get in and out easy but if you care about the space you care about the coffee you care about the people there like like parking you'll you'll park and you'll walk like however far you have to to get there within reason Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but you know when you look at the numbers per capita of like a, a big city. And that's something that I've kind of had in, in my mind when I'm pitching to some of these people who like are asking those questions about our setup at Meadowlark. Like, like when you look at per capita numbers of a, a bigger city of how many coffee shops per person or, you know, it's like the numbers in actuality are still fairly small compared to some of the bigger cities. Like, you know, LA or New York, which it's a different culture there, but even like Austin and Chicago and some of these smaller, bigger cities, um, what we experience on our level in Atlanta is like a lot smaller than what some of these other 
cities have to offer, and especially Gainesville, where it's like, yeah, I mean, you have like, you can go to to Starbucks or you can go to Inman Perk or any of those, but we're still underserved when it comes to a coffee shop per capita mm-hmm. uh, analysis of that greater thing, and and even you know, I think that y'all would. Just judging off of the the numbers of like people that drive from Atlanta to Alpharetta to have your coffee, to experience your cafe, to be around you guys and, and what, what service you're providing and the emotion that you feel inside the cafe, like you you would do great in Atlanta. Like that's a market for y'all there too. Um Yeah, I don't know. That was kind of a roundabout way of uh of an answer. Oh, I think you answered it. It's it's almost just inquantifiable. Right. Because people just like what they like. Yeah. Um, and it it also helps that like that part of town in West Midtown is a bit of an epicenter that people throughout, not like people from the suburbs definitely drive in or m- maybe used to more so drive yeah. into West Midtown. And they like for me, like Rachel and I would, like I said, we would just go there to yeah. uh, coffee shop hop. Yeah. Um, but like, there's a lot of residential areas surrounding West Midtown. So I bet that feeds into it as well. But yeah, absolutely. But I think it, we kind of roll back into what we were talking about with, with the roaster situation and wholesale. It's like, how do you, how do you put a number or how do you nail down the like full on consumer desire of being affiliated in some way with that specific shop, you know, or like having that be a part of, of your walk of life. Right. On that note, have, have you guys noticed this, you know, you go to a certain city and their local roaster has almost a, a foothold on that city. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we use them because they're our local roaster. Right. Do you guys feel like Atlanta kind of isn't like that? You guys have any, like, maybe it's because Octane, I guess, kind of was that and then right. went out the door. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I think a lot of people associate certain roasters with Atlanta and rightfully so. And plenty of them have plenty of accounts. But I'm just saying, I in, in my wholesale experience, you go to someone and they almost don't want to use the local product because they want to use one from a from somewhere else so that they're like the only one, you know, right. like. We're the blank account yeah. around here. Right. Well, something I noticed early on when we were touring and going to shops, like especially on the on the East Coast, going like North Carolina, South Carolina, um, like everyone at the time, it was all counterculture shops. Yeah. Every like like maybe eight out of ten shops I would go to would be counterculture. Yeah. Um, and I think then you kind of like fall into this different world of like, well, we don't want to be that. And one of the the shops that I reached out to like early on, had a lot of friends that worked at trying to get it. They were like, I mean, we're in Atlanta, but we're not trying to be like an Atlanta specific coffee shop. Like we don't want to have like Valor, Radio, Bellwood, East Pole. Like we don't want only Atlanta. Like we want stuff that you can't get here. Mm. Right. And there's value there. Mm Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I don't know that I've ever necessarily sat down and, and noticed that. But as you mentioned, it's like, it's very true. And I think you can go to different, like, restaurants and have the same coffee. Like, 
Like there are there's yes. a, a roaster in in my mind that like has a lot of restaurant accounts, mm-hmm. which is great for them. Like that that's good money. But um, as far as like having a local roaster that must be in a shop, I don't think that we necessarily have that in the same way as other cities do. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm by no means saying there's anything anything oh, wrong right. with it whatsoever. Uh, I, I I guess I've just noticed that in my in my travels is you go somewhere and it's like oh this cafe uses this or even you know uses their cold brew or whatever yeah. from the spot in town because and I think you know a part of it might be uh, a relational I think that's we already hit on that like the biggest part of wholesale is relationships and so if a bunch of coffee people in a town have been in a relationship for years and then a bunch of people start cafes yeah probably going to use their buddy mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's a certain long play to that that we didn't really talk about that I think we're seeing more and more of, of like you know one of the biggest reasons in a very positive way that Andrew started working with Bellwood with Tuesdays is there was just relationship there over years of like, right. Oh, we've worked at these shops. We've known each other. And that's really when it comes to like the value of that relationship is these people that you've cared for and poured into without this expectation of like one day you're going to open a shop and work and work with me and give me money. Like it's, it would be, pretty maniacal to have that kind of foresight oh yeah so there is something to like you just have to build relationships and know people now for who they are and love people for who they are and then when they need something from you or there's like a symbiotic relationship that can form is when it will happen yeah i feel like uh what you were saying about octane it would have been interesting to see like as all these new things start to come up if octane would have had those relationships because i feel like they kind of missed the wave of like all these shops coming up that needed roasters yeah in a sense and also i mean where they would sit if it hadn't have been for all of that happening Mm -hmm. which is crazy it is um how's your linea i meant to ask that's great i love that thing so much I don't know if you listened, but we did like a three-hour yeah. cart podcast. Yeah. Um, have you enjoyed your your coffee cart that you built? Did you build it? Yeah. So I I, I take very uh, little claim to that. I think uh, Summer's mom is great at everything. She's very handy. So we bought the IKEA cart and had her cut the. Um, round dowels and half dowels and she did all of that handiwork and then summer's dad came in and helped me cut the top to have you know knock box pitcher or all that stuff um but we did build it um and i i mean i love that linea it does wonderful i even in the days that you know we have experienced a rush you know uh, uh keeping up with pace uh the linea has not failed me Come on. Um, I love that thing. It it keeps up steam power, keeps pulling great shots. Um, yeah, I think for the workflow and layout of the cart, the, the Mazer Mini makes sense. But for, like, actual workflow, the Mazer Mini doesn't because it 
takes like 18 to 20 seconds to grind um really yeah it's wow. a it's a slow slower slow grinder it totally would work for single origin decaf uh and so what we were looking at was either going uh adding an anthem to the mix and making the mini a uh a decaf grinder um but then i got that deal on the k30 twin that kind of made more mm-hmm. sense but again for footprint of a cart the thing is big yeah <laughs> it's, a big boy. it's a wide boy <laughs> Can you believe that the Malkunik E80S can grind, like, at least for us, like 18 grams of coffee in two and a half seconds? It's nuts. It's too fast. It's 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 pointless. I was telling yeah. that's because they were talking about like scalability within. I was like, guys, I don't. The Anthem does it in like five. I'm like, I there's nothing I can do in that extra two two and a half seconds that's like helpful right right because just like uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can see it being very useful if you had a g and b type model where you're going to stand there and pre-grind 40 shots yeah. for the next hour or whatever right that totally. would be incredible yeah but that's not us yeah i was just reading about um go get them tigers approach to grinding and resting espresso which totally makes sense if you can't age your coffee like mm. not not if you can't but if you run through it so fast that you have like very freshly roasted coffee on espresso like yeah get release that co2 however you you see fit and to do it by pre-grinding espresso mm. that makes sense for volume mm-hmm. i'd love to try that get like a couple of days off and rip a shot but then prep a shot and just let it hang out for 10 minutes yeah I, and mm. i didn't i last time i was in uh, we were in LA recently, and and the last time we were there, I noticed that they were opening the canister, putting it in the the porta filter with a little shot collar, and uh, getting that in there. And I thought that's a very interesting method. And they posted the the resting ground espresso. Hmm. I really want to brainstorm ways to uh, do that with our catering operation. Oh yeah. Um the the thing I can't get past is like how do you store all of those canisters in a convenient way because the space space is the thing that you need like or it's the thing you don't have with right. catering. Yeah. Um and so I've just thought about like okay, how could we pre-grind all of our espresso for a night of service and just like have it in it could literally just be in like a tub and you just grab it and then yeah. dump it. Mm. I, you know, it's, I think where, where I get to, and this is more of like a, it feels like more of a, I would hate to get into a situation where you pre-ground like 60 canisters and that night you get there and it's like, like just for whatever reason, whether it's the the environment you're in, the the pressure, or you know whatever the the yeah. weather around you is, and those all of that espresso is not pulling correctly. Dude, that really like, could happen. That would <laughs> be like that would be the worst situation to be yeah. in. True. Like, well, we got about twelve second shots right now, and <laughs> there's nothing like, we can do about it. Yeah. Oh but, my But you gosh. know, you like that all falls under the trial and error umbrella of what of what you're talking about but man like so you do my, 60 at one 60 <laughs> finer yeah. 60 coarser yeah yeah in that 30 window. more fine yeah, i love their spirit of 
challenging the status quo with that. I think that really helped us, um, like how they pre-grind their Spro, mm-hmm. helped us to take freedom in doing things yeah. like that. Like we've been talking a lot with our next cafe, how we want to structure the bar, you know, instead of having just like a traditional espresso machine with two steam wands on each side, maybe doing like three mod bar group heads and then completely removed two steam wands right beside each other to where you can have like stations for each. Yeah. Cause that's kind of how we work at our cafe anyways. Right. But even that it's like, how do you take it a step further? Could you do the pre-ground thing and then make the shots be pulled even faster or. Yeah. um, yeah. There's uh, something I was thinking about last week um, where I was trying, I was thinking about how I want to lay out my weekly schedule and uh, how I just had this thought. I was like, okay, what if, what if every Friday I just set aside five hours of my day? Like, so most of my day and it, the title is break everything. Like every single thing I know about coffee, do it the opposite for five hours. Every single thing I know about like bar flow or every, everything I know about how I do my job or even just like our company in general. What if I just did it differently just to try it. Right. Like that, that just, uh, I'm in no way like giving advice on a high horse. I'm just saying like, I want to try to, yeah, to do that. Cause I kind I've kind of noticed myself doing that on Fridays. Um, just or stuff. Yeah. Just breaking everything here, you know, <laughs> um, the EK. we've noticed too. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. The roaster's not working by the way. Right? Yeah. Like, oh great. Yeah. And sorry. It happened I... after, <laughs> Three on Friday. Yeah. Right. I just kind of mess with it, but um, I I just wonder like what we would improve about our industry. You know, like if if we all took a practice like that, um, just with GMB as an example, like them pre grinding all their espresso. Like right. w- when I heard, um, I don't know if it was Kyle Glanville or Charles Babinski talking about this, but he just said when we open. I guess it was GMB. Mm-hmm. Our goal was not to produce the single best espresso anyone has ever had in their life. Our goal was to serve thousands of people walking through Grand Central Market every day in a way that was like, and so just that shift of right. vision and that shift of like mission unlocked this method that just works for them. Yeah. Um, and just having a day where you just like drop all of your expectations yeah. and like question why are we doing it this way? I can't I can't remember why you mentioned it. Uh but when when you were it was a while back and you were talking about um uh how uh coffee pre ground consistently leads to a better cup than having a like a bad grinder at home that you're grinding each morning. Mm -hmm. Like if you can get a a coffee shop to pre-grind your bag and it's very consistent, you will get a better cup than if you have like a $25 blade grinder that you're grinding each morning with, you know, boulders and fines and everything in between. Like, and that was the first time that I was like, maybe not, maybe not the first time, but that was one of those changes in my mentality where it was like, you you're taught that freshly roasted coffee ground right before you brew it is best. Like, like that's what the status quo is. And that's one of those things that challenged me. And like, 
like okay so maybe not and then and then you you move into like the nordic roasting coffee where it's like like yeah this this coffee is like super lightly roasted and three days out tastes like super grassy like brown notes like all through but if you wait like three weeks let all that co2 like let it degas kind of let it get to a point like it opens up in this flavor profile that's a lot better and little buffalo i think is a roaster that approaches nordic style uh pretty well for for my taste in the u.s um and i had a coffee from them that the first bag the first like cup was like just lemongrass hay notes peeking through and then i let it like sit for three weeks and drank it. I was like, this is one of the best coffees I've ever had. Mm. Like, like mm. it approached wow. that fruit level really well. It hit like a really nice tea like body in there. And I think similar to what you're saying and, and what you were talking about with grind consistency, it's like, like when, when we take what we know and we approach it from a, a different light, even if it's like backwards where you're just intentionally breaking the rules, um, you can, come across these like really great approaches um that make a lot of sense especially from like a workflow or like an overall company like there's a lot there's a lot of really great things that we can find by just doing it wrong right i do a lot of things wrong (laughs) (laughs) yeah not everything is black and white Ooh, well said guys it's a lot of gray area in this coffee thing it's just a new industry yeah well Super old and super new. Yeah, this this wave, this like what eighth wave? Eighth wave. Eighth wave. It's all eighth wave now. <laughs> We're all eighth wave, man. Um, well, two hours forty six minutes yeah. later, um, JP, how can we find all of the different things you do online? Do you want to give yeah. some some uh, quick references? Yeah. So, um, family and friends on Spotify, you can you can check out that music there. We got uh, Meadowlark coffee on instagram which is i think right now since we don't have a space kind of the best way to to find us um and yeah if you ever want to uh try some bellwood coffee there we got some great locations in atlanta Mm -hmm. great website and if uh yeah hopefully you can find a little bellwood and valor collaboration soon I, I'm right. not. I'm not dropping a hint. We don't have anything like, in the works just currently that I know of. But might as well be in the works. Yeah, if it's we say works. it, it'll happen. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you can uh, find me on Instagram, or if you want to come to Gainesville, hang out with me, and my wife, and my daughter. What's your, I do. What's house. your go-to place in Gainesville if you're you're not at your house? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I I really uh, enjoy being at enemies of the average where, where our pop-up has been, I think they've created something really great there. Uh, and then, man, we have a Thai place in Gainesville. Eat at Thai. Ooh, I love real Thai good food. Thai food. Real good Thai food. Come on. Yeah. No, you come on. We'll go. All right. <laughs> Pat Kimau. Let's get some Pat Kimau, baby. So thanks for being on. Yeah. yeah, yeah thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. It we really, owe you <laughs> big time. Yeah. Uh, love you all. Love, love you. you guys. Love you.